Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. New episodes are released every Wednesday, and we talk about all of the reviews, interviews, and geeky news that is fit to print. That is a new tagline that I'm working on. Thank you, Nicole Jekic, for uh, making that one up. Uh, on today's episode, actually, before we go into that, social media handles. It is so early in the morning on Sunday. It is ridiculous. I'm losing my mind. Uh, you can find the show and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbay, Podmead, Blueberry, anywhere that you have a podcast platform. You can subscribe there. Subscribe and follow on social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, aboutreview.threadless.com if you want to buy some t-shirts and youtube.com slash aboutreview. You made it. I, <laughs> you made it. You made it. That was good. That was, that I was guess. Good. Oh, on today's episode, I am being joined by the one and only Tim Hall. Thank familiar voice. Very, welcome. Very familiar. Happy New Year, everybody. You just told me welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the people <laughs> listening. Well, I guess. And happy New Year to you all listening. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, it is early Sunday morning. Right. Neither Tim or I are in a service. So, instead, we are providing a service to you. Yes. Uh, even though you're listening on Wednesday. <laughs> It could be early morning Wednesday. It could be. It could be. Uh, all right. So on today's episode, I'm going to be reviewing the movie Hostiles, uh, Christian Bale, Rosamund Pike, uh, Western film directed by Scott Cooper, which Tim has not seen. Nope. Uh, and then we're going to break down the fourth season of Black Mirror, which is on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then kind of go over a little bit of January movie releases. So that will be today's show. Uh, before we get into the show, we have to, of course, land the amazing theme song. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, so after the theme song, which we just came back from. Uh, Are you saying this after the theme song? <laughs> yes. Are you drunk? What's going on? I'm drunk off You're of See, tea. what is funny is normally tequila is my podcast juice. This morning it is tea. You don't need podcast juice. Well, it you is don't. tea because it is Sunday morning and ridiculous. Uh, You're welcome for that, too. Sunday morning. <laughs> well, I was like, Sunday morning. Mm, am I going to start drinking tequila at 9 a.m.? No. I mean, people do. People do. People do. The people are usually at the, at the end on the, the street. At the end of this episode, there will be a number to call yeah. if that is you. Some people do. Uh, uh, so cool. So in the new year, so far, 2018, how are things going with Tim Hall, the people's critic? It's a couple days in. I'm doing all right. I was, <laughs> I've been dodging Matrix style, the, this bug going around at work. I kind of caught some of it. My throat mm-hmm. got tight and I was like, nope. I just pounded a bunch of tea and like uh, vitamin C. I'm just trying to avoid because people have been, it's been, it took me out one day. Well, I was like, my body was like, I just need to, you need to just rest. Uh, oh, before we started, I want to say, speaking of health, rest in peace, Combat Jack, who passed away from yes, colon cancer, man. Uh, absolutely. One of my favorite podcasters, loved his show, loved mm-hmm. his interviews. He's got some iconic ones. Uh, you know, one with Dame Dash was great. Uh, he's got a few out there. A little few, brother, little brother. Yeah, that was a really good one. If you if you've got you know he had a couple really good ones with uh, ESPN's Bomani Jones. But you know if you have a chance, go back listen to his archive. But also a reminder to go get checked. 
Like he found yep. out uh, uh, through through a, a check that he you know had colon cancer. So, and then it was at, like at, four listen, months, six at, months later. Yeah, like it was, it was quick. And it had given him like maybe five years if he got good treatment. Like that's how how rough it was. But listen, as someone who recently went through my own sort of like, I didn't mm-hmm. know your kidneys were failing incident last year, <laughs> right. uh, you know, it it saved my life. Like, literally, like just not feeling right and going to the hospital. And Jessica as well. I mm-hmm. Jessica helped save my life as well. So thank you, Jessica. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Love you. Marshmallow um, tea. She, she helped a ton. I, 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 no joke. I almost cursed on your, fo- on your podcast. <laughs> no joke. She, it, legitimately, she did. And so I, I always uh, love and appreciate her for that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but just I didn't feel right, so I went right. like something was like you just gotta go. Don't be like oh, I'm gonna tough it out, and I don't. It's like nah, just go. And I went, and I had no idea what was happening. And had I mm-hmm. not went, I don't know if I'm on this podcast right now. So, and that was something. I mean, it was super scary that Tim went through that, and it was also one yeah. of the things where, uh, as I've mentioned multiple times before, Jess, Damian, Tim, and I have a group chat, group text that we talk every day, pretty yeah. much all day. Yeah. And it was like, we had not heard from Tim in a couple days. And we were like, has anybody heard from him? And like, we started getting worried. And then Tim pops up like, hey, y'all, uh, I've been in the hospital for three days. And we were like, what? And so like, we go into panic mode. Because I, uh, what happened was when I went to the emergency, I didn't, I didn't know what they were going to say. Like, it was the flu or whatever. So they're like, uh, yeah, you got some problem with your kidneys. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you're not going home. I was like, okay. But they had all my stuff. Right. So they sort of rushed me upstairs, put me in a bed. Gave me some medicine, like so. All this was happening very quickly, mm-hmm. uh, so there really wasn't really time to contact too many people. Right, <laughs> it was sort of like real quick, um, and then it was like this: is what we're gonna do? They had me in like uh, I wasn't in like a serious ward, but like it was, they were checking on me. Yeah, <laughs> but it, 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 if I'm honest, I I, I probably should have been way more scared than I was. I was even really that because they check for everything. They check for HIV. They check for cancer. They're, they're mm-hmm. doing like. I had a whole CAT scan. They did like an ultrasound. I was like, what are you going to find? Like, you know, at this point, you don't know what they're going to find. So Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there like, what are you going to find? Like, I have like an alien in my stomach. (laughs) Do I have a chest burst? Yeah, it's going to pop out of my chest at some point. Um, So when they realized it was just, they don't know, I was like, I don't even care if you find out. Just how do I get better? Mm -hmm. And they really just didn't help with that at all. Um, But (laughs) fast forward to a couple months ago, I, you know, I've been meeting it started off every week. I had to go to the doctor, then mm-hmm. every other week, then every month, then every few months. So my next appointment's in April. But the last time I was there, a couple months ago, he was laughing. He was like, yo, I thought you were going to be dead when I saw you in the <laughs> hospital. Because uh, it was bad. And you're like, thanks, doc. Yeah, like, but I mean, we, we, I mean, me and uh, my Dr. Amro, shout out to Dr. Amro. Uh, we've had that kind of rapport right. all the time. So we sort of laughed about it. He said, man, your markers have really gone down. I don't know what's going on. I've never seen anything like it. But, you know. Mm-hmm. whatever you're doing i don't know what you're doing but keep doing it uh, so it's been it's been a blessing but i didn't realize it was that bad like mm-hmm. <laughs> to hear him be like bro it was bad like i don't know if you knew it was it was it was touch and go for a second but so i'm thankful you know it's, it's going to be a long health journey but mm-hmm. just as a reminder man if you've got an ache in your side or you're feeling off or that little nagging thing in your knee just go man just go get it checked go yeah. figure out what's going on you know they say man health is wealth and we all have plans and ideas of what we want to do and things we want to see and places we want to go. And none of that's possible if you're not healthy. So just go get checked, be healthy, make it a point to go once a year. Mm-hmm. 
at I'm, le- at I'm least going the, way more a year than I've ever wanted to. <laughs> right. I've given, I'm giving blood. That I feel like I'm donating to some vampire campaign. Um, but well, I mean, they do own the blood banks. Yeah, clearly, clearly they do because mm-hmm. they keep taking my blood. Blade, and I have my veins are terrible. So I don't know if anyone's listening has bad veins. It's the worst because they're just poking. Like, oh, we couldn't find it. Let's try your other arm. So they had to get one through my hand. Have oh. you ever had that? No, Bruh, It hurts. You know, not, I'm not someone who's like. I can mm-hmm. handle some pain, man. It just go. I was like, man, just do it. Like Mm-mm. she was trying to watch it, man. Just put the needle in my hand and let's just go. Like I got places nope, to nope. be. Let's just let's wrap this up. I'm giving urine all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I've never had to give a urine sample. Now I'm like, here you go, pee in a cup and this and that. Like you know, it's, you see these people all the time, so mm-hmm. you just end up, you know, hey, how have you been the last couple months? <laughs> like the one lady who yep. takes my blood all the time loves mo- action movies. Mm, she okay. got all these tattoos she's she's a badass but uh so we just talk like action movies mm-hmm. while she's like sucking the blood out of my arm so <laughs> with it with the needle yeah, so you, know, yeah so. you end up having these weird relationships with people in these, mm-hmm. in these in these places where you're usually like i should want to get in and get out at a certain times like look this is gonna be my life for a minute mm-hmm. i might as well come in have a real relationship with these people crack some jokes have some fun and and, and enjoy it since i'm gonna be doing this but yeah get checked that's say all that to say not okay. to Hijack your pocket. No, no, not at all. No, the, the, I mean, those are good messages. So definitely, yeah, get checked up, you know, if you're feeling weird. Uh, to this day, so ever since that incident that happened with Tim last year, <laughs> if the three of us, just Damon and I, are going back and forth in the group text, it, if it goes a matter of hours, yeah, like if it goes six hours and none of us have heard from Tim, one of us is usually like, has anybody heard from Tim? What is going on with Tim? Because like we just, you know, we, we worry about I'm you. I'm good. So, I appreciate yeah. it. But I'm good. Sometimes I got stuff to do, you guys. Come on. Well, you, know. I got, you know. What is more important than us, yeah. Tim? This is true. Rude. This is true. Uh, so cool. So yeah, rest in peace, Combat Jack. Yes. Go check out um, his podcast. Uh, I, know, I know episodes are still up. Yeah, the Combat Jack show. Oh, that will be up. Go whoever, check it out. Whoever is running that domain will we'll have it forever. God, it's like a, I forgot who does it. But yeah, check it out. Um, and he was on an episode of another podcast that was really good recently uh, called The Turnaround mm-hmm. with Jesse Thorne. Yeah. So Jesse Thorne runs Maximum Fun, yeah. uh, the podcast network. He did a, a podcast that was interviewing interviewers about interviewing. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. He had Larry King on there, Jerry yeah. Springer, yeah, Audie yeah, Cornish, about that. Yeah. Combat Jack, of just people who interview people all the yeah. time. I listened to the whole thing because I want to get better at interviewing and yeah. talking to people. You know, so. who, you know who I learned a lot from about interviewing and don't Ooh. laugh? Oh, mm. Snoop. Snoop is a great Snoop's interviewer. Have you watched the GTN yes. stuff on Pop? It, like, it's brilliant. Well, I think he it's, just it's really he, well he disarms people in a yes. very unique way. But there's something <laughs> about him always being Snoop. Yes. That makes the interviews. Like, you know what you're going to get. It's Snoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to call you nephew. He's going to ask you about... <laughs> Some chicks he's gonna ask you about weed, like he's mm-hmm. you know, and even like the, he asked those same questions at the end, like what kind of sneakers you before prefer, right. like, what do you think about first thing in the morning? Like, it's a very Snoop ish thing, but he's brilliant. He does a, I know people think I'm being funny, but if you go watch his GGN no, he is good. News Network show, it's really well done mm-hmm. and like fascinating. And it, when I watched it, it, reminded me, man, if you're yourself in these interviews, you're fine. Just be you. If you. Yep. If you don't care about blocking and lighting and, and how this movie connected to some old French film from 1932, don't ask it. If mm-hmm. you care about, man, what scared the hell out of you when you were 11 years old because you made this scary movie, ask that question. If you can, if you want to know if this character in there is supposed to be your mom, ask them that question. Like, don't. Mm-hmm. If that's you. If it's you. If it's not you, don't ask it. Because sometimes you get in these interviews and you want to sound profound or ask some deep question. 
You'd be surprised. I've gotten some interesting answers from people. Mm-hmm. I remember I was telling someone this the other day. I did this interview with this lady who did this documentary about ballet. And she gave me this long answer about racism in ballet. And then Oof. was like, can you take this out? <laughs> it was so good, bro. It was so good. Yeah. I was like, I got to take this out, don't I? Mm-hmm. Just how it like sort of like this body type that they want and mm-hmm. like how that turns into so, sort of this. There is a reason what, that intentionally there is. or unintentionally racist thing that happens, oh. and sort of a systematic thing. And it was like she's like talked about it. And I was like sitting there like, wow, this is fascinating. And she was like, yeah, I can't hack. I shouldn't. Have, I should have said that. And she goes on for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Th- those are the worst. But there's yeah. a reason in ballet in particular because that was the world that I was involved in. You're for in a ballet. While. Uh, I was a photographer for a ballet company. You weren't. You weren't actually a ballet dancer. I was actually in ballet as well. Okay. Um, when That's I was fine. when I was younger. I used to dance. Except I used to for, do dance too. I didn't do ballet. I did for for stuff. the boys. It was called creative movement oh got you <laughs> super macho <laughs> way different but there's reason in ballet there are all black troops mm-hmm. there is an all men's troop yeah. uh the, the trocadors there was a documentary about them recently there's a reason for that because there is this undercurrent of sameness in yeah. a lot of ballet and yes. so they have to create their own companies to be like hey we want representation yes yeah so 100 um, yeah she sort of expanded on that exact thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like when it, when it comes to interviewing somebody on Facebook recently, uh, Aaron White actually tagged me on Facebook. Somebody was asking, they were like, "I'm doing my first interview of a director of a filmmaker. I'm nervous. What do I do?" And so Aaron tagged me, and I was just like, "Here's the information. Like, just because I'm constantly learning, and so is Tim. Yes, if you want to get better at whatever it is you are doing, podcasting, running, swimming, do it. You just have." To do it. Got to put those hours in. Yeah. Uh, the whole like 10,000 hours thing, the Malcolm McDowell yeah. thing. And you get better at it. You just get better. You know, if you're serious about it, you'll get better at it. And mm-hmm. again, I can't stress enough. Just be yourself. Just yes. be you. That's the most important thing. Be you. That and the biggest thing, anybody who asks me about interviewing, I say, ask questions that lead to stories and not answers. Yes. Because that is my style. Yeah. If that is not your thing and you just want the yes or no questions, Go for it. I remember I did an interview with, Ugh, Ma- I, with man. Those bother me <laughs> with Rami Malik and uh, what was her name? It was they were both in some uh, Gods of Egypt. No, God, no, <laughs> Jesus, no. They were both in a, some Twilight movie. But I was like, what kind of? Do you, I know you guys get a lot of dumb questions. And they were mm-hmm. like, no, no. I was like, for, I know you. They're like, ah, mm-hmm. they sort of unloaded on all these dumb questions. And it was a reminder that like, don't ask a dumb. Don't, there are dumb questions to ask. Mm-hmm. People don't like to be asked what they're doing next. People don't like no. to be. Asked, people don't like that. Or what was it like working yeah. with so and so? Is the worst question because these are professionals. Yeah. Nope, rarely I will say, not never. Rarely are you going to get somebody to be like, they sucked, and this is why. People are professionals; they want to work in the business. Yeah. So when you ask somebody like, "Oh man, I bet, I bet she was a real pain," or "I bet I heard stories about yeah. him," unless you are a gossip yeah. column, and that is exactly <laughs> what you're going room. for, right? <laughs> Leave it alone. Like that's just well, the better question to ask is like, "Hey, you work with Robert Downey Jr. Tell me about a fun time on set you guys had." Exactly. What was the best day on set? Focus on the project at yeah. hand, and they can talk about their experience on set, or if they're even on set with him at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I always ask, like, to ask directors what was the favorite, what scene that they enjoyed directing the most. Mm-hmm. And it was always like the most bizarre moments. Yeah, of like, yeah, it was just a shot of the kid like reading a journal. Like all this stuff, like that's the shot. Like it, mm-hmm. just, you know, spoke to them for some other reason, and people expound on. I remember talking to uh, Alex Garland about um, Ex Machina, and he was saying he talked about 
the aesthetic of the film and compared yeah. it to John, uh, not John T. Riley, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. It was the okay. craziest. Yes, it was the craziest thing I'd ever. Not crazy, but like not an answer I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talked about his connection to the film, even though he's not in it. <laughs> right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and yeah, I love Alice Garland, man. He was he was fun to talk to. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right, so this is not the about to interview yes. uh, episode. Just interview tips if you want uh, to do inter- interviews. Absolutely. And that is the thing is you can always reach Tim or I. Like if you are. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> if you are out there and whether it is you're interviewing a filmmaker like Aaron tagged me on Facebook yes. for or if it is like, hey, I just need some help with conversations. Abs- hit us up because Tim and I, we have conversations all the time with complete strangers. Oh, it, it, they come to me. That that too. They it's it's at some point. It's just, at this point, it's just funny. I stopped mm-hmm. even trying to. It's just a thing. This. I remember when I was like nineteen, twenty. My friends would be like, "Why does this keep happening to you?" Like we'd be out as a group. Imagine <laughs> this: a bunch of young black men walking as a group, mm-hmm. and these old white people walk up and be like, "Sir," and I turn around and be like, and they would, <laughs> and my friends would be like, "What, what is going Got on?" A Twilight Zone, dude. It still happens to this day. I mean, maybe now mm-hmm. it's the glasses. I don't know. Uh, but, man, it never stops happening. And it's, at some point, I just embrace it and try yeah. to be. How many times have you been in a store? Because this happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. Just shopping. And so like, uh, excuse me, can you tell me where? Yes. Blah, blah, like, what may, like, what about our demeanor, persona, whatever, it's... exudes? We work there. <laughs> but some people have that in them. Some people have that. They give off this sort of aura that, like, you're approachable and yeah. you might have an answer. Because it's not everyone. It doesn't happen. It would just, it would but be very me. yeah, very true. Yeah, but it ha- it, it, Appreciate happens, it happens enough. So. Imagine if they hated you and babies and dogs hated you too. Then it'd be a weird space. <laughs> it would be weird. It'd be weird. You're probably a robot. Uh, all right. So all right. moving along from all those interview tips and suggestions. Uh, but yeah, hit Tim up at People's Critic on on Twitter. Mm. Uh, hit me up at About to Review. Uh, if you uh, if you want to know more, yeah, happy to help. Uh, okay. So the first movie review. That we're going to get into, and this actually is the first movie review of 2018. Wow. Because last week it was best of 2017. Yeah, Ian on here. Yeah. Good Ian episode. Thank you. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Dude, Ian is, Ian is great. <laughs> Ian's funny. He's um, so the first review of 2018 is Hostiles. Now, this is a movie, a Western movie. Is it Hostiles or Hostiles? Or does it matter? I think Hostiles. Hostile. Yeah. Hostiles. Hostiles? Hostiles? What is? Did my? What? I, I I did not see the movie. I have no idea what it's. They never called. say it in the movie. Okay, so there's yeah. no like line like "We're the hostels." There's not that. No, uh-uh. no. Um, and hostels would be E L, not I L E. Listen, I'm asking. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I so didn't see this movie. Hostels is a western directed by uh, Scott Cooper. Uh, what else did he do? So Scott Cooper, and I actually looked that up, and I had his tab open, but uh, um, oh, Crazy Heart. So he, oh, he's that, done a, that won a, that won a bunch of awards. Yeah. Black Mass, that terrible Johnny Depp movie. Oh, uh, from a couple years ago. Uh, it wasn't terrible. It was real bad. It just wasn't. That's the one where he played that uh, the uh, inform or not the informant. Um, yeah, he's an informant guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the informant. It was him and Sam Worthington and <sighs> Joel Edgerton. Yeah, that, was, that was real bad. Not Sam Worthington, Joel Edgerton, and well, he was like giving up info on the mob and running stuff in Boston. Yeah. So, and then like Out of the Furnace, which I never saw. Oh, yeah. Did you see saw that? saw Dana in, um, what's his name? My man who's in, who's in the hostels on it. 
Uh, Woody Christian Harrelson, Christian Bell. Taylor. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Oh, it's about like they're like a Casey Affleck, Zoe Casey. Saldana. Yep. All right. Yep. Well, I might be watching that. Uh, Forrest Whitaker. No, it's all right. Interesting. Okay, so it sounds way more interesting than it is. <laughs> that happens frequently. <laughs> okay, so this western directed by Scott Cooper. Uh, this is the the synopsis. And again, I like the one line synopsis oh, from IMDb. In 1892, a legendary army captain reluctantly agrees to escort a Cheyenne chief and his family through dangerous territory. Okay. What would you say the movie's about? Uh, white guilt and how somehow it equates to Native American suffering. Really? It is bonkers. <laughs> so so first, before, before I go into that, some of the good things about this. Okay. The cinematography, and I wrote this down because I, I had to find out, uh, Masanobu... Takayanagi did the cinematography. He did Warrior, which I yes, know you saw. Warrior's good. Uh, Spotlight. Spotlight's great. The Gray. Wow. He's, wow, that's good work. So his cinematography in Hostiles, which is just huge open landscapes in the Old West. Right. Not, not even technically the Old West. Could have shot be, in like Virginia and New Mexico. Something like that. Arizona. <laughs> Gorgeous. Like, I mean, absolutely superb cinematography. Uh, the scenes that were done at night reminded me of The Revenant. Mm-hmm. where he specifically, the director, uh, Inaritu, the director of, of The Revenant, mm-hmm. did not use any artificial light. Mm-hmm. So whatever they were doing, like especially night shoots, shooting around a campfire mm-hmm. is tough. So I don't think they went that far with Hostiles, mm-hmm. but it looked incredible. So huge, huge props to the cinematography of this. The costume design easily is going to be nominated for an Academy Award. Because mm-hmm. not only was it, you know, old army uniforms but it was the tattered Mm -hmm. like they spent a lot of time on that so those those two things were great Mm -hmm. uh rosamund pike yeah was great also Mm -hmm. so the movie itself um the synopsis is true in the christian bale so wes studi and adam beach aka dial a native any Hollywood movie, they're like, we need Native American actors. Slipknot. Right. They're like, we need Native American actors. Uh, these two guys. And yeah. I was like, come on. Like, th- there are there are more. And it is tough. Because as a person of color, it is like, cool. West student, Adam Beach, stay working. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there are other Native actors who I am sure are talented. Give them a shot. Yeah. So, West Studi and his family are prisoned, imprisoned in this uh, army base. So West Studi is dying and they make this deal with his tribe that he should be transported back to his family in Montana and be buried with his people. Okay. So then of course, Christian Bale who despises native Americans because he has fought them forever. Those brutal savages. He gets tasked with taking him from, I forget where they, I mean, they're going to Montana. So somewhere in like Texas, like, you know, ways away. Yeah. So they go on this journey and it just, what bothered me the most about this is the whole time. So Christian Bale hates native Americans because he's a soldier, blah, blah. And yet towards the, you know, the second act, he starts feeling guilty about it. And he was like, but it was, it was my job and blah, blah. Why is it in these Westerns? Mm-hmm. It is up to the native to forgive. And forget. It's real life. And that is what bothers me. It is like... That's, that's what happens in real life. It, and so to have that perpetuated in a film, 
Yeah. It just gets offensive at a certain point. I because think, but that's uh, all jokes aside. I think that's some people's reality, right? I remember watching Dylan Roof shoot up that church, and they immediately asked the the, the family members and church members to forgive this dude immediately. <laughs> it was like, do what? you forgive him? It's like, I, bruh, like they we haven't buried anybody yet, literally, mm-hmm. and you're asking me have I forgiven him? Yeah. Versus, you know, no one's asking, you know, do we forgive Bin Laden for what happened? Mm-hmm. That would be that sounds absurd. Yeah. So it just to have that narrative perpetuated yeah. in this film, I was just like, it was just weird. So what this felt like are the westerns that I grew up watching with my dad, right. which are the westerns from like the fifties and sixties, where it was just you know the army are the good guys, and right. even if they are helping out the natives, they don't really want to, but they come to common ground and they fight an enemy together. Why? Like it was just. As I'm watching this, and what was difficult is the hard part about this film <laughs> is this should be seen on the biggest screen you have mm-hmm. because it is gorgeous. Right. I have a hard time telling people they should spend money on it, though, because I just the storyline, nothing is original. This is a Western that does that brings nothing new to the table. It's the same old story. Same old story. Transport, that had- criminal... Cowboys, bad. cowboys, and Indians. There's a bad tribe that they have to Get go through. up against, yeah. and there's some learning there. Some and... learning there. There's a bad white officer who, of course, is the goes too far moral compass. Yeah. Of, then the white people are like, oh, "What?" But this guy did did something yeah. wrong, and it was like, "Yeah, he did the same thing you guys have been doing." Yeah. So that was just kind of tough. West Studi is great. Yeah. Like, of course, he is great in this. Yeah. Adam Beach barely says anything. And I, part of that is like, okay, go watch Smoke Signals if you want an Adam Beach performance. Right. He is a great actor. I just do not know why studios keep kind of giving him these roles as a representation and then not doing anything with him. They're not real roles. It reminded me of, of Daniel Kaluuya was saying uh, in this interview he did, he called them uh, lamp, lamp, <laughs> lamp roles, but there's not, you're not really playing a person, you're just playing like a thing. It was like, you're just a black guy. Well, okay, well, is he from New York? Does he mm-hmm. nah, does does not matter. LA? Like, who is he? No, you're you're the black guy, right? Like, there's no real depth to it. Like, you're you're playing a woman scientist. Okay. Is she <laughs> what does she go to school at? Like, give me some depth. No, she's just on a laptop. Like <laughs> right? It's the casting notes. Right. Black female scientist. Yes, exactly. Right. Or, you know, you're this guy, or you're that guy. You're you're an angry Mexican guy at a store. Okay, well, mm-hmm. Was is he from Mexico? Is he like Mexican American? Like they don't give any depth, and so yeah. it looks like he's getting those roles where you're like, you're just gonna be the native guy who's silent, and but clearly deadly and can kill right. people, but doesn't say much. Yeah, and that that stoic, yeah, silent, you know, deadly yeah. native portrayal is something we have seen a million times. But every every race, I remember they do it with with the old and these old sort of action films with Chinese characters just quiet oh, assassins yeah. mm-hmm. really asexual didn't really have desires for women they, these Chinese men would come in and just like kick people in the face and go home it was just like <laughs> right. that's not real life like mm-hmm. people uh, have a bit more depth yeah people have a little more depth like these people have lives and families and, and ideas but you know if if you're not interested in actually telling their story you put these people as lampposts in your films yeah uh, and then the the other What's funny is, uh, so 310 to Yuma. Yes. Ben Foster, yep. you know, was good in that. 
as we were watching this one, and I think I was sitting here like Matt Oaks and and he was like, I'm kind of waiting for Ben Foster to show up. <laughs> oh, and then Ben Foster shows up. Yeah. As of course the the aforementioned kind of crazy white soldier who went too far. Of course. And, oh, he's 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 he plays <laughs> unhinged like, like nobody's business. And that is the problem. It's like we need an unhinged white guy. <laughs> right. Who who crosses the line and doesn't mm-hmm. seem to care? Ben Foster, get him on the phone. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's in and space. He, I don't care if it's and in the he past. does it phenomenally. He's good well. at it. The the way he's really good at it. He is able to emote mm-hmm. just his face. Like so, at one point he is tied to a tree, mm-hmm. and you're just having this conversation with people, and you look at his eyes, and you're like, yeah. something is unsettling about Listen, this. This isn't to take anything away from. I think Ben Foster is an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does get like the unhinged, crazy person role, yeah, all of the time. He plays it well. He plays it well. <laughs> so. Even Hell or High Water, I was like, "Oh, you're Oof. the you're the unhinged brother." Yeah. Got it. Yeah, you're yeah. the one who makes everything go crazy. Okay. Yep. Uh, you knew that as soon as you seen him on screen. Like, oh, oh you're, sure. you're the crazy brother. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even have to say a word. Yep. Um. So yeah, uh, Jenny Egan did the costuming. Want to give her you love a, a shout out? I really do. I, I think it is something that again, like cinematography, those technical awards. A lot of people are just like, man, show me best actor, best actress, best film. Like there are so many, so many things going to making a film. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So shout out to her. Yes. Rosamund Pike again, did a really solid job. The film like opens. Yeah. The film opens with her family and that's not a spoiler. It is literally in the first five minutes. Spoiler. Uh, her family just gets slaughtered oh, by of course, savage yeah. natives. Oh, still savage natives. And so when they find, when, when she runs into them on the transport or kind of, and she's around natives and she gets all nervous, but then the natives give her a gift and then she starts to like them. And I'm just like, this is disgusting. (laughs) It just, yeah. It's a way, Um, it sounds very meh. Yeah. I mean, good performances around a story that's very bland and and unoriginal and just, Going through the motions. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, okay. So Sounds exciting. To, <laughs> I really sold it. <laughs> it was funny. It was like, we got a screener for this. They yeah. sent it to us. And I had it. And I was like, part of me wanted to watch it again because visually it was stunning. But I just, I, I could it. not do it. So Not going to be able to do uh, it. Okay. So on the rating system for this podcast, there are three choices. Good, bad, or ugly. If this is your first time listening, welcome uh, to the rating system. A good film was something that you would recommend. Something that you really enjoyed. You came out of the theater happy. A bad film, you still kind of enjoyed it, <clears throat> excuse me, but not something that you would immediately recommend. Ugly, avoid at all costs. So for Hostiles, the first review of 2018 as far as a new release film, uh, it gets a bad, mm-hmm. not not an ugly, because I cannot take away from the cinematography, the costuming, and the performances. It just, the film was just kind of a mess. This should be a hashtag, except it is really long. White guilt does not equal native suffering. It is not the same. So when you have Christian Bale giving a hell of a performance, and at one point he is at night screaming, and it is silent, and you see that pain, you're like, yeah, it sucks. But guess what? You guys slaughtered thousands of Native Americans. Like That war that you guys were fighting against them was a war you started. Like... It doesn't, it does not equal. Those are not the same. It does not equate. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so my rating is bad. Um, if it is on TV in a few months and you have a nice big screen TV, check it out. I, I just, I cannot tell somebody to go spend $15 to go see it on a big screen somewhere. If you have a matinee, I know that Damien loves matinees. What if you love Westerns? 
If you love old school Westerns, mm. you will love this film. Okay. If you want something a little bit different, if you want just something original as far as a Western, like I did, then no. Okay. So, yeah, there we go. Hostiles. Right. Uh, moving right along to something that would be much more enjoyable yes. uh, to talk about. So, season four of Black Mirror yes. is on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Dropped on the 29th. Yeah. I thought it, yeah. I was not sure if it was on New Year's Day because I was, I was out of town and I was like, I kept getting the Friday email. the 29th. So I had it on my calendar. Nice. Uh, so this is season four, all four seasons. Uh, the creator uh, is Charlie Brooker. Yes. He has been involved the whole time from the first one with the pig uh, when it was a, just a UK production yes. to now when this is a global thing. So yes. he like they did some stuff like BBC Canada BBC America. BBC America. Like they did that that Christmas episode, White Christmas. They mm-hmm. tagged on the end of one season. Yeah. Season in the end of season two. Mm-hmm. Then that season three hit Netflix. Yeah. And that was six episodes. Mm-hmm. And then this season four, six episodes. Yeah. And I was kind of so I remember when this first came out. Yes. Because I watched a ton of BBC. Mm-hmm. When they first when they were like season two and three is going to be a co production with BBC Canada and BBC America, and I was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it has kept the level of weirdness. It has kept the level yeah. of originality. Yeah. And I think in an anthology series like this... It's kept the same spirit. Yeah, you have to... Because the Twilight Zone lasted for a long time. Yeah. It's kept the same spirit. So, And it, it, and as you are fully aware of, it's a very much a connected universe. And so I think Even more so after even season more so four. After season four, but yes... All very much connected. They're all taking place during different time periods in the same bizarre sort of like slightly adjacent world we live in right now. Yeah. Kind of the the Earth 2 yes. version. So what we're going to do is we're going to go episode by episode. Again, there yes. are only six episodes. Uh, talk briefly about the episode and then the point in which during the episode, the mirror broke, mm-hmm. which is a, basically something where as we're watching it, if you were just watching a regular TV show. That moment when you're like, oh, nope, this is Black Mirror. Like that moment when it suddenly switched from a good TV show or, you know, TV show we're watching to that reminder that you are watching a crazy, again, adjacent world. Yeah. So uh, how about you start us off with the first episode, USS Callister. USS Callister uh, stars Jesse Plemons. Uh, some other people who I'm clearly Jesse forgetting. Plemons, who was also in Hostiles. 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 Uh, Hostiles too? Was he, yeah. He was, he was in Hostiles. Meth Damon. Well, he um, was wasted. <laughs> um, I like Jesse Plemons, so we don't not, we don't longer need Matt Damon around. We can just put Jesse Plemons in his roles. The, the kind of heavier set Matt Damon. I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. Um, so Jesse Plemons uh, plays a co-creator of this company's video game company, and they've got this new system going online. They got this patch coming in, and he's got to get this patch thing done. Um, and then this new girl starts. I'm totally forgetting her name because I don't have any of the characters' names up. Uh, she starts working. So that's so we're introduced to her starting. Her first day of the job, she really loves this guy. Nanette Cole, yeah. played by Kristen Malati. Oh, and also before we get into Robert this, Daly. Yeah, uh, this is this might be the most spoiler spoilerific. Uh, spoiling all of them. Re- review that I have done on this We're episode. Spoiling all of them. Uh, I generally try not to do that. These are all on Netflix. It is six episodes, so we still will not spoil everything. But we are going to be talking about the episodes per episode. So what you're saying is, if you haven't seen the episodes. You might want to wait a little wait, bit. Or unless you don't care. True. Like, I, I still have not listened to, care. well, by the time this lands, but as of recording, 
I just want to listen to last week's episode of The Curly Nerd. Yeah. Because they were talking about Black Mirror, and I was like, nope. Yeah. I was like, I need to finish it first. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, just spoiler warning. So, anyway. So, Nanette Cole. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. he plays Robert so, Daly. Robert Daly. So, Robert Daly. Um, and so, but the, here's the thing. The movie, the, the show episode opens with, you see Robert Daly playing like this Captain Kirk character mm-hmm. on the spaceship. He like saves the day with this crazy maneuver, beats the bad guy. And it looks like the opening of a Star Trek show. Yeah. And people are cheering, hip hip hooray, Captain Daly. And it's all these <laughs> so cheers. You're like, so then it cuts to Robert Daly, like, sort of like bummed out looking in the elevator full of people, mm-hmm. kind of people just walking past him. He shuffles to his office. Not just his office, the name of the company is Callister Inc. Yeah. Like, he is a co creator. Right? But he goes to, he, like, he shuffles <laughs> around to his office like he's a nobody. Mm-hmm. Quietly goes in there. People sort of dismiss him all yeah. the time at work. And his co creator sort of, uh, I forgot the guy's name. He, I love him too. He's great. Um, he sort of dismisses him, mm-hmm. um, and so the girl, when the girl comes to her office to introduce herself to Robert Daly, his partner comes in and is like, "Hey, you know, kind of, sort of like chats her up and says, i 'I'll give you the tour. Let's give you the tour.' Right. Um, totally cutting in on this girl who was re- like was like fanning out over totally him. fanning out, and she even says that she was like, "Oh my gosh, you created this up." Yeah. So she's aware of who he is, how yeah. important he is, and this is the first time that we see how important he is. We were yeah. like, "Oh, so he it, like not only is he the co-creator, like yes, people know him, people like him, and then uh, Jimmy Simpson, yeah, is, Jimmy is, is, is the actor, is Walton, just swoops, swoops in <laughs> and just is like, I'll give you the grand Mr. tour, Mister Girl." Just. All right, so here's here's when it gets really important. So Daily overhears uh, Michaela Cole, right? That's her that's her name. Who mm-hmm. plays yep. girl? Who's, who's telling her like, hey? He's a little stairsy and be right. careful. He's a little weird. So he overhears this. Um, and so he goes back to his office. You're like, man, I, you know, at that point, I feel bad for him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, that's messed up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then the day's over and he runs out and grabs her coffee cup. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what's happening? He goes home and like with this machine and extracts sort of her DNA. And this is something we've seen constantly throughout Black Mirror, right? It's people yeah. using consciousness. We saw it with the cookie episode and White Christmas. Right. Um, so he he uploads essentially her consciousness yeah. into this video game that's offline that he used to test. Mm-hmm. So no one has access to it. It's not connected to the network. It's sort of his own thing he uses to help build this game. So no one knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But what we realize is that he has the consciousnesses of different people in the office in this game. And mm-hmm. he's God in the game. He comes in and out when he wants. He is Neo. Yeah. Like he it is a computer do... program that he can control the entire world. And he is just, a, and people are aware. Mm-hmm. Like to so their consciousness are aware of what's happening. So when she wakes up, she's like, what is going on? What is happening? And mm-hmm. She's trying to. Ha- she's having a hard time. And like, I remember the one guy's like, "What year is it out there?" Because they don't know. Yeah, they have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. So then she's like, "We have to get a message outside. We got to get out." So the whole show the episode is them trying to figure out a way to get out. Because he just will log into the system and be like, you know, going a little dot on his head and he's zoned out. Yeah. What was interesting about this episode is the way that Black Mirror takes current social issues and wraps it up in a package and presents it in a way of this futuristic thing and yet grounding it in current things. Yeah. So this, it talks about toxic, uh, not toxic masculinity, but just the way people the, are online the, the with gamer games. culture, yeah. gamer gate, because you have somebody who is 
timid at the office and blah, blah. If you want to lose your faith in humanity, yeah. hop on Xbox Live right. for 10 minutes and listen to some of the things that these young boys are saying. Young? Some of well, okay. are grown. <laughs> well, yes, but like when you hear 10 and 12-year-olds right. and, of course, 30 and 40-year-olds, right. the, the vitriol that right. comes out because it is a, a make-believe world. They can say whatever they yeah, want. Exactly. They're protected by this anonymity. And so you, that is represented in this game or in this episode because he can do whatever he wants. He can say whatever he wants without any repercussions. Yeah, it's funny because you talk about that because we just saw it last week with – <clears throat> excuse me that logan paul character uh, who goes yeah. and films a dead body and sees no difference of it because i can do what i want say what i want because it's online content mm-hmm. and not that it's disrespectful or yeah tasteless. oh and then the video that came out after that him like running around japan yeah acting like a complete like this, that, it was not just going into yeah. the, but, to a place that is called the suicide forest yeah he knows what he was doing. But but again, yeah. it's, it's this idea that I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see with Robert Daly. Like, I, I'm doing what I want. I know it's wrong because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm completely walled off from everybody else. Yeah. But I'm going to abuse people and torture people and keep them in here for as long as I want until mm-hmm. I'm done playing with them. And, and he keeps bringing people in. Yeah. yeah. And, and So it was, it was pretty fascinating. Yeah. So, okay, where was the point in this where the mirror broke when for she, you when she realizes that she's in the game when she's in she's trapped mm. inside was the like okay this is a black mirror because even when you see him grab the coffee cup you're like what is he is he just a freak like mm-hmm. some weird coffee cup fetish she's into i don't know <laughs> right but then you realize oh he's and the crazy part was the tommy the stuff with tommy the son i was like he's an evil sob oof yeah you evil yeah because you because and it is really it reminds me of um the white bear episode in a way where you feel all this compassion for this person because you're watching them mm-hmm. and then you realize what's happening like oh you're not a good person yeah should i feel bad that you go through this rough day to day because you get online and you're a maniac mm-hmm. yeah for me the mirror shattered with the coffee cup mainly because at previous to that when he had opened his fridge to get his milk yeah there's a plastic bag and it said somebody's name and it said tommy on yeah. the plastic bag in his fridge. And so, like, immediately I was like, huh, what is if somebody's name on something in yeah. his fridge at home? This is not the office fridge. Yeah. This is his personal fridge. So when he waits for everybody to leave the office and the music ramps up and he secret squirrels his way over to, you know, her trash can and gets the coffee cup. To me, I was like, okay, this is about to get real weird. Yeah, he had, like, gloves and he put it in, like, a plastic bag. <laughs> like, it was, like, just... really office creep stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, Good episode, though. One of my favorite episodes. Just really fun, light. Mm-hmm. Wasn't well, too... Fun and light is a word. I mean, it was two fun because that... you're watching these people. Well, okay, what do you think happens to Daly at the end? So, Daly is is stuck. So, But there was that rub that, like, the office is closed for 10 days. Mm-hmm. So, no one's coming to look for him. Nope. So, no, he, he is stuck in the digital world. He's dead. And dead. He's dead. He dies so Then, it, then it becomes, like... <laughs> he dies. Then it becomes, okay, well... If you die in the digital world, yeah. blah, blah. So, yeah, yeah it, it was a fascinating episode. Yeah. But even how smart they were, because they kept calling him a god. And she was like, no, he's just a coder. Like, we yeah. can figure out a way out. Like, let's try to outsmart mm-hmm. him. Uh, the the villain that he fights yeah. in that, like, every, like this one was comical. legitimately funny. Yeah. Which, again, with Black Mirror, whenever you're laughing, like, Haha, and you're just waiting for the other, other shoe to drop, you're just like, mm, something bad is going to happen. So, 
uh, the alien that they fight, and they're like, oh, how you doing, Kim? Yeah. Or whatever her name yeah. was. <laughs> like, Girl from marketing. Right. Uh, but all this stuff, were like, they're clearly all playing playing along when they go down to the they planet. Ha- yeah, because they have to. Everyone has to. So they're all into it. Mm-hmm. They're all playing. And then they just sit around and wait all day. Yeah. No genitals, no nothing. Mm-hmm. They're just sitting around waiting. So, I mean, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that episode. The twists were were plentiful. Yeah. So, cool. All right. Episode two was Archangel. Yes. So this one, it is about a, a mother. Directed by Jodie Foster. Is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I remember seeing that. Um, But a mother who loses her daughter at the playground for maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. That panic was, was palpable. Mm-hmm. Anytime. It's like, I'm not sure if you ever got lost in the grocery store when you were a kid, but nah, I definitely did. would have killed me. Killed me for getting lost. Boy, what'd you get lost for? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was my Didn't fault. you see me walk down that aisle? <laughs> yeah. What? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I told you to stay right here. Uh, yeah. To this day, if I'm walking with somebody in the grocery store and like we split up, I get panicked. Even though normally I'm like, all right, I'm going to go grab this and this and this, meet you back here. If I start walking down the aisles and I'm looking, I get panicked because I have been. I remember getting lost in the store. I remember uh, we lost a student. Lost is a strong word. <laughs> Misplaced. Uh, we, we got so we were we were in Ghana, right? Was like 20, I was waiting was like, for that. It was like twenty of us, but we went to this market. So we get to this market. It's it's the way it's set up is crazy. Like it goes down. There's all these tents. There's a ton of people, mm-hmm. and it's just like a madhouse. And people are rushing to sell you stuff. Of course, sir, sir, sir. You want to buy? So. We told all the students, hey, man, when we get out this bus, like, everybody stick together. Mm-hmm. And we'll figure out where we want to go. We'll team up, and we'll have a meeting point. Let's get all logistics down. This one doofus kid <laughs> just goes walking off. Okay. And we couldn't in a, find In him a foreign for African like country. An hour. Oh, sh- We weren't concerned about him getting kidnapped or anything. We but just couldn't still. find him. Wow. And I was just like, but once you turn it, and so it was like, at a certain point, you hit this panic of like, we gotta find this. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't fun anymore. Like, we need to find this yep. kid. It was easy. Thanks God, he was like this tall blonde kid. But like, well, <laughs> bro, like trying to find him was mm-hmm. like because it was literally it's literally like finding finding a needle in a haystack. There's so many booths, so many people. It was just difficult. But yeah, that yeah. had that I've had that panic. So so in this in the beginning of this episode, you see that panic on yeah. the mother's face that she lost her child at the playground. That leads her to go to this research group. Uh, and they have this new program called Archangel, mm-hmm. which they implant a chip into their temple. Mm-hmm. And that is something that happens pretty much in every episode this season. Charlie Brooker really wanted to use some that type of technology or show it. Mm-hmm. Every episode has somebody attaching something to their temple. Yes. Or injecting something into their Almost temple. Almost every episode. Uh, Metalhead doesn't. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, so the mother being protective... Wanting to take care of her child, gets something implanted in her child in her daughter's brain, mm-hmm. in her head, where the mom can now see everything she sees. She can censor what she sees. Mm-hmm. She has a GPS tracker. All of these things, and it just—it was really uncomfortable within that first few minutes. Right. You see the daughter with an iPad in front of her. And the woman selling the product was like, you know, if you go for the upgrade, you can censor based on cortisol levels. And they show her, they start showing a woman, you know, firing a rifle, which is a throwback to an episode from last season, uh, the Roach episode. Yeah. And so at the push of a button, not only does the sound get muted, but through the daughter's eyes, those visuals 
get blurry. Which is also a throwback to White Christmas. Mm-hmm. Where you just delete somebody. Not even, you, you don't even delete them. They're just or, on whatever they're called. It. Oh, uh, uh, not punishment. Um, yeah. But yeah, she, you, you she, just see the outline. Yeah. So, and the mom was like, oh, I, I don't know about that. I, I'm not sure if I would ever use that. Of course you do. Of course it goes downhill and it gets crazy. And then as the daughter gets older, the mom. Well, well at first it's innocent. At first it's just like. Of course. Like it's, it's her walking girl. past the dog every day. Right. And she's not seeing things. She's not seeing the dog. And so mm-hmm. she's grown up in this world where she doesn't have access to anything. Right. She doesn't know what these things. Because she's never seen them. Mm-hmm. So then at one point the mom decides to no longer do it. And that's when she goes to school and she meets this boy and he's showing her right. porn. He's showing her violence, violence mm-hmm. and like these crazy videos on the internet because she can't see it. Yeah. she never seen she, it before. She had previously yeah. never seen and it. She and was always the weird kid. Like yeah, they called her snitch. Snitch, chip head. Yeah. You know, because th- this program is very well known. But but world. it got, it, it, what we learned is they got canceled in the UK mm-hmm. and, and in the US. Yeah. She seemed like she was the only one at her school who had it. Yeah. So as the daughter gets older, the mom kind of puts away, you know, the recording, de- not the recording device, the viewing device mm-hmm. until something happens where she gets it out, finds it again, and it just goes left. Well, the daughter lied to her about where she was. Go- she did the teenage thing, which is of like, course. oh, we're going, I'm going to so-and-so house, so-and-so's house to watch movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watch The Breakfast Club or something crazy. Right. And then mom being suspicious calls around finds out she's not uses gps mm-hmm. to see where she is and then click logs into the camera because she put it away she had put like yeah. the little the little tablet she away. decided to let her daughter just yeah live her life and then she sees her involved in sexual activity mm-hmm. um and then yeah so and much like uh uh the entire history of you she's able to go back and look at stuff yeah yeah yeah. So she, she backed it up, yeah. found out who the guy was, all yeah. of that. All that stuff. So with me, the mirror shattered. Yeah. As I'm watching this, like, yeah, getting the thing implanted in your head. I was like, all right, cool. That is sci-fi show. As a little girl, she realized she had never seen blood. Yeah. Even her own blood. It was censored. She. It was all, you know, visually muddled and everything. So as a little girl, she was sitting at her desk and she starts stabbing her hand all with right. a pencil. And her mom like gets an alert on the iPad being like, cortisol levels are rising, mm-hmm. runs in there. And her daughter is just stabbing her hand and cannot see what is happening. That was Which where comes it comes to play at the end of the story as well. Absolutely. So that was where I was like, this is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you? Where was the mirror shattering? Um, probably that moment in school when she can't see what's happening. They're all looking at some YouTube clip, and she's mm-hmm. like, "What? What is that?" She just has no context for it. Yeah, but it was a reminder of like, because even you know when she sees the drug use, it's all out of context. Yeah, when we see it, we realize it's her who's like, "I want to try this," and he's like, "Nah." She's like, "No," mm-hmm. but her mom thinks it's this boy who's pushing this stuff on her. Of course, because it's all out of context. And that's mm-hmm. what happens when she's snooping around her kid's stuff. She's not seeing the context for anything that's happening. She was being a rambunctious little rebellious kid. She was a teenager. She wasn't doing anything crazy, but the mom, you know, and then she went a step further. That's the thing with Black Mirror. There's always that extra line. (laughs) She crossed Mm -hmm. like a line like, for real, mom, you did that? That's like, I get why the daughter reacted the way she did. Oof. Yeah. And yeah. This one crossed the line. At at the end of the episode, though, were you satisfied? Yes. Okay. 
this one like it it left me just wanting more but at the same time a lot of black mirror episodes do that Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah okay cool so that was archangel next one crocodile oh geez uh (laughs) crocodile is we're watching uh two stories at once the first story Mm -hmm. opens with this guy and this girl driving they hit a biker they decide to cover it up fast forward 15 years later something like that yeah she's like a successful real estate developer Mm -hmm. architect architect whatever and she's speaking at this conference and her old buddy from the accident shows up and has all this guilt he was an alcoholic he's like part of his sort of like coming clean is like owning up to what he's done mm-hmm. and he saw this newspaper article and that's the guy his family needs closure and i'm gonna say what happened mm-hmm. and she's like uh, we can't do that mm-hmm. so she kills him mm-hmm. but she looks out the window and witnesses a pizza delivery another crime another <laughs> totally crime. unrelated <laughs> total you know hits hits a, hits a guy mm-hmm. um this seems unimportant at the time mm-hmm. uh, also the same pizza place to deliver pizza in and uss, USS callister mm-hmm. but now it's it's robotic. fences pizza yeah i think so um fat so then the other store we're watching is this woman who doing insurance claims mm-hmm. who's talks to the guy and like we're gonna play this song the song they play on black mirror all the time mm-hmm. uh the streets smell like hops because there's like a brewery around so you smell the beer and it's this this device they have that they put it looks like an uh an older version of what we saw in uss callister yeah, it's just like a square dot. It looks more like a chip. Mm-hmm. Um, so puts it on, puts it on his temple, and like can see. And is able of, to access, access his memories. Can kind of see his memories. Mm-hmm. And so then that leads her to the, another girl that was on the street. Then then what does she see? And so she's she's following these these breadcrumbs that eventually lead to the woman who murdered the guy looking out the window because she's mm-hmm. a person looked up and saw her. So then she tracks her down. And it's like, look, this is just. Legally, you have to do it, but mm-hmm. I just, I don't need anything else. So her her concern is like, because the guy at the hotel says, you know, she was looking at uh, porn. some porn. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she thinks she doesn't want to talk because she doesn't want to be embarrassed about mm-hmm. the porn. Not that, <laughs> not that it's a murder. <laughs> yeah, not that she murdered somebody. Uh, and so sure enough, as she's going through what happened, she sees not one, but two murders. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, well, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. Thanks. It's been it's been real. Uh, and the lady, you know, kills her, and it leads to other terrible things happening. Mm-hmm. She's trying to lie, just fight on that same lie, and just has to keep murdering people to keep her, mm-hmm. her life straight. And it ends in a bizarre way. That was the other thing is with some of these, the endings again, leaving you wanting more right. is fine. But some of them, you're just like, I like the ending. I just thought it was just like. Of course. Because right. that scene where you're like, they're not going to do that. It's just like, ah, oh, they did. Mm-hmm. They did that. Yeah. And, but even the main character, she seems resigned to the fact that she has to do this. Yeah. At this point, it's too far. Like She's like, I'm oh, gone mm-hmm. far. I'm all the way down this rabbit hole. I, I guess clicking another video about people falling out of windows. Okay. So she hits this moment of like, I guess I've got to do this too. Mm-hmm. And then shows up at like her kid's performance, like nothing. Totally happened. fine. Like just like wiping a couple yeah. of tears away from her face, which the name of the episode, Crocodile. Yeah. They, I think it's reference to the I, tears. I, Yeah. I think it is reference. Yeah. Just this is a murderer and it shows up and just kind of wipes some tears away. And that was it. Uh, where did the mirror break for you? Um, 
the first time they used the device to see people's memories. Okay. When, when she interviews the first guy and talks about like how it works and like what kind of money he could get and like how these claims work, mm-hmm. that was it for me. She plugs it in, has him plays the song because the song is such a, it's all through Black Mirror. Yeah. And then uh, the dot on his head. Okay. With me, it was actually, it was later. Mm-hmm. It was when she first kind of, or not first, but when she kidnaps the insurance person. Oh. Because up until that, like, again, like you're watching it being like, okay, sci-fi show, okay, kind of murder that person. And like, once it took that left and yeah. you see her like in the barn or in the, like yeah. the, the shed with She's her. Like, who else just, did you tell? Yeah. Oh, and she plugs her up to the device. Yeah. And it's like, you lied. And yep. even if, even if you say you're not going to tell people like it, you have the memory. I can't not do this right now. Yeah. And she was right. Like is devious as she was like, she was right to be like, even if you say you're not going to tell anybody, people can just pull it people out. People just plug it out yep. of you. Like I got it. Yeah. So once you. she had, when she had her kidnapped, and she knew. I think she knew that. That's why she tried to get out of there so fast. Yeah. She was like, "She's going to have to murder me." Because mm-hmm. she's clearly murdered before. Yeah, she's okay with murdering people. And at that point, it was just see you later, investigator. Yep, that you would do that. <laughs> you would do another. Job. I've been waiting to do that this whole time. All the whole time. Good time. I wrote it down. See you later, investigator. Unbelievable. I was like crocodile. How can I? Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, so that was where we're kind of we're broke. Yeah. It was when they kidnapped. So. Cool. All right, that was Crocodile. Next episode, Hang the DJ. Ah, oh, one of my favorites. I figured it would be one of my favorites. So, Hang the DJ is, hmm, essentially a what well, is a love story? What are we watching in Hang the DJ? So, what, are, what do you think we're watching? <laughs> no, it's literally like, what do you think in the context of the show? What are we watching? We're watching people who have been using a dating app. A nope, very it's not what we're watching. Okay. Uh, Is that it? What are, what, the, what, are, what are we watching? Then? We're watching one of 1,000 oh. simulations yeah. inside well, of a dating app. But we, again, we find that out later. Later. But that's like, what we're watching. Yeah. So as we're, as we're watching it, you know, two young people, you know, go on a date. There's this incredibly intrusive <laughs> app. It's called Coach. Coach. Um, that each of them have to set them up on this date. It logs all of your thoughts feelings you know sets you up on these dates that somewhat sometimes only last 12 hours sometimes last a year all to kind of set the stage to find your ultimate partner right so these two young people you know get together and to find out you know they each have a device if you want to know you don't have to know if you want to know how long that relationship is going to last you each put your thumbprint on at the same time and it tells you yeah so they do that in this first one. It says 12 hours. And they're like, oh, that's kind of too bad. They hang out. They hit it off. They spend the night. They spend the they night. They don't sleep together. Nothing they happens. They'll say, if we did it again, you definitely get it. Yeah. Uh, and then it follows their divergent paths. Right. As they each go on different types she of relationships. She ends up with like eight, nine months. He gets like a year. And yeah. It's, and it's immediate in the in the first. Like 10 they, minutes. Yeah. They do not get along. She is not a good person. <sighs> that, was, that was rough. And so, I mean. The allegory of kind of all of us go through and have been through terrible relationships and we have been through great relationships, be it friendships, mm-hmm. partners, whatever. It all goes to create who you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually for some people, it leads to that ultimate partner. So as it goes on and you see her especially just kind of churning through yeah. all of these, like these partners. six hour days or 12 hour days. <laughs> That's just, she was, and it, so when, they, when these, the, the two main people meet again, mm-hmm. um, She's like, 
let's just not check. And yep. I've been through this, and it's just been like an out body experience. I was sleeping with this guy, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. what's the point of this? Like, I don't. Yeah. Even if it is. Let's just enjoy this. Yeah. Even if it is only a day, like, they just do not want to know. And of course, he wants to know. Of course, he does. It's too good. It's too Ugh. good. He wants to know. And so, yeah, you see him do some shady stuff. And it's not shady. He just, they made it, they made a pact, and he decided to look at Yeah, that is up. shady. It's not shady. Like, he just was dishonest. It wasn't shady. Mm. He just was like, I have to see. But it says five years, but because she wasn't there to press hers as well, mm -hmm. it starts counting down. He's, now he's left, it went from five years to a matter of like 12 hours. Yeah. And he, he starts panicking. and So he tells her, and it's this whole big fight, and she's like, what's the big deal? And he's like, let's just run away. Let's just get out of here. We don't have to mm -hmm. just climb the wall and get out. She's just like, no, you know, why did you look? You didn't have to look. Nope. Like, you promised, and you broke that promise. That was what bothered her, that you broke yeah. the promise. So then later on, it's uh, there's also this recurrent thing you can only do four skips. Like, they're skipping rockets. Only so that, that was where... Those are first tells. Like, that, uh, that was where the mirror broke for me. So one of the weird things that I do, and I know Jess and I have talked about it before, if I'm watching Netflix, yeah. I always have the closed captioning on. Yeah. If I'm watching regular TV, I usually have the closed captioning on, unless it is sports or something where it is constantly trying to catch up to it. But on Netflix, I always have that on. It just it is, it is one of my weird things. I like being able to read and see the stuff. It keeps my brain involved. Mm -hmm. So at this, the first time she throws a rock in a pond, and it says, stone skips four times. I was like, that is a weird thing yeah. to throw in the closed captioning. Right. For her. So that was where the, where the mirror kind of broke for me, because I was like, that definitely is going to come yeah. up. It, it was For me, it was a point where they meet up at some point, and it's like, I realized no one's working. No one has a job. No mm. one's really doing anything outside of like these dates. And, and well, these the security, other than like the security, the security is there. Was, that might, I was like, oh, there might be some weird, like, you know, compound. <laughs> yeah, some government, state run thing. But I don't know. But like the fact that no one was, we never saw anyone do anything other than like trying to be fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or on a date and or out eating. It was, it was never anything else. I was like, okay, there, there's a reason why we're not seeing them. Like, mm -hmm. he doesn't have any friends. You just seeing yep. these two people interact and they go from day to day. That was the moment for me. I was like, all right, something, something is clearly amiss here with this story. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was a beautiful ending. Like I thought it was like a beautifully told story because they, they, they will find out like, oh, you've got, we found your perfect match. Coach tells them, mm -hmm. but it allows you the chance to reconnect with one person. They both choose each other and they decide to run away. And then you realize they're one of a thousand simulations that were ran and 998 of them ended up together. Mm hmm. The 99.8% accuracy rate. So then it, it expounds out and you see these two people actually meeting in real life in a bar. Mm -hmm. And they're playing Panic by the Smiths, which is one of my favorite songs. Really? I love the Smiths, yeah. Okay. I, right. I, I have a bunch of Smiths on my phone right now. Nice. Um, so they're playing one of my favorite songs, Panic by the Smiths, which mm -hmm. in, towards the end of the song says Hang the DJ. Uh, that's where the title of the song Hang comes from. Hang the DJ. Yes. Yeah. You've all heard that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, I thought it was great. Cause I think, well, it, 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 I felt like I was watching like the inside of a dating app where it's all these different dates yeah. these people go on and they've met earlier and it's these dates through and through and it's, it's taking and twisting and turning them around to find the, re they meet again. They realize this is, weird. this is it. Yeah. This is it. This is the match. I mean, this definitely drew comparisons to last year's San Junipero. Yes. Very sweet episode. Which even last year with San Junipero, that was the first one. Yeah, 
that was like, oh, sweet and and happy. And all of us, the whole time I'm watching it, and a couple of times, like I had to pause it to get some water, and I was like, okay, thirty minutes left. It got so sweet. Minutes, I was like, this is gonna end terribly. <laughs> it was like five minutes left, and then it ends, and you're like, yeah, oh, so that. So this one, same thing. As I was going on, I was yeah. like, this is really sweet. This is heartwarming. This is a nice love story. Contrary to what people like to believe, Tim, yes, I do enjoy love stories. I don't know. I do enjoy. No, I still don't know. You know, happy things. Yeah. So as I'm watching it, I'm happy. I was like, this is great. And I just am waiting. I was waiting but, for it just you know, to go left. As as a single person, it gave me hope. They're like, hey, there's still good people out here. There's Absolutely. still love to be found, relationships to be had, you know, because dating can be terrible. And we saw that in the episode. It can not, it can be like, a, it can be a lot of fun and like mm-hmm. not fun in all the same breath. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy this episode. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, I think that was about it for that. So next one, Metalhead. Metalhead. Go for it. Metalhead is, is some dystopian future and yeah. you get a group of three people <laughs> trying to break into a warehouse and there's these like on, autonomous attack dogs mm-hmm. um, that are guarding it. And one is sort of... I not necessarily like guarding it, just the, there. The, I think they're guarding something. I think that, well, I mean, the, the it, it, it almost seemed... Look secure. Incidental. Like it was just like... If they had not moved that box right yes. there, you know, so. Yeah. So they move the box. It wakes up. It chases. And so they're, it's like this little Terminator. And it yeah. it kills her two partners uh, and it chases her down. So you're watching sort of like Cujo meets the Terminator. And Ooh. This woman on the run mm-hmm. trying to figure. And they're trying to get. Um, we don't even know what's in the box until nope. the very end. Because they start, they start. You hear them talk about supplies and gas and all that. So they're like, clearly, you see them going through, and they're like, uh, "Y seven Ford," and you're like, "Okay, is this this going to be rations? Is this going to be something?" We don't know what it is, but we don't know Mm -hmm. what it is to the end. But um, apparently, there's pressure to them, and they Mm -hmm. want it. And these dogs do not stop. No, it's one dog Mm -hmm. uh, at the end, but and it shoots off these trackers that get stuck in you. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all black and white. It all feels very like dystopian it's a great episode the, the black and white yeah. tone again I, I love cinematography like that was a huge choice that they did and she was smart man mm. she was smart that the paint was I, smart the, the, the alarm paint, the, car the paint was, was smart, smart but what bothers me and i mean this goes back to misery was the first yeah. time i saw this so misery with kathy bates uh james Kahn. you know she breaks his ankles mm. he is imprisoned Obviously. When he goes to escape and he hits her with her typewriter, with, well, yeah, yeah the typewriter, yeah. and then continues to crawl off, you make sure that that person double got a double tap. Exactly. Double tap. In the first like 10 minutes of this episode, when this robot creature first kills one of the people, he like triple taps this dude. Yeah. And like you see it all. So multiple times in this episode, she had an opportunity. Like you make sure that enemy is destroyed, demolished. But much like no the chance. Terminator, like you saw what happened when this little dog loses his arm and like fixes it with like a knife. Like, these that things was pretty are amazing. Resourceful <laughs> and kind of crazy. So I could see like trying to disarm it as much as you can, just trying to get away. I mean, yeah, the, the, the fight. paint thing was her smartest move. Mm-hmm. But there were some there were some dumb moves that she did. But again, like you and I have talked about, you need people to do dumb stuff. Yeah, you need people to make mistakes. But for me, I'm like, man, like you, you make sure that that enemy is down. Yeah. So, but yeah, the dystopian future. Yeah. We never, Black Mirror does a great job of giving you this landscape, 
and not really being like they never see a newspaper of like no. catastrophe in 2142 yeah. You just drop you. The trust drops the, in the audience middle. is smart enough to figure out exactly. Like, okay, this is they're looking for supplies. They're ravaging around. There's no one else around. The house they go to is empty. No one's been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like it's been abandoned. Yeah, they were all like decomposed and yeah, and it looks like you know they were in the middle of remodeling something because all that yeah. stuff in the house and it's clearly no one's there. Yeah. So the episode was was kind of fascinating. It was essentially a, a heist film, like a chase film. Yeah. Uh, the whole time. Mm-hmm. In the end, you find out the thing. And that was... I mean, so the mirror kind of broke for me. Not at the very end, because that was a, that was a hell of a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the first... Oh, no, uh, when was it? I, don't, I forgot to write down where, where it shattered for me. But I would say... After the first person was killed. Because before that, like you see the thing like pop up, the little trackers mm-hmm. or anything. He falls on the ladder. When you see it crawl down the ladder mm-hmm. and go over to him and just shoot him and not just like stun him or anything like shoots him like three times and then immediately starts chasing after the two that are left. Yeah. 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 Well, to me, it was when it jumped in the back of the van. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Ugh. This is going to get ugly. Yeah. Yeah. It went from three people to one real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All for an odd reason. Yes. An odd reason. Cool. All right. Uh, Last episode of the season. Yes. My favorite episode of the season. Black Museum. Mm -hmm. So this one starts off in a very interesting way. Uh, Just a young black woman on a drive through what looks like kind of Route 66. uh, Going, she stops and charges. What's her name? Who's in it? She's in Black Panther as well. Um, Oh, yeah. Um, Shiri in Black Panther. Let me pull that up. Like her name. I can see her name uh, the first build was douglas hodge that is not it uh letita wright yeah uh letita or letitia wright. wright yeah um so yeah we see her driving around she stops at a gas station and starts filling up her car yeah and this like very early on was in the mirror broke for me so she pulls it on the gas station and like then it kind of has like an ipad and it says like charging you know yeah. three hours left so I was like, cool. Like, I was already in it. It was like a solar charging panel. She yeah. was on the back, on the trunk of her car. And she had like an old Thunderbird. Right. So that was pretty cool. So she ends up walking to a museum. Called the Black Museum. Called the Black Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets me, gets greeted by Douglas Hodge, a.k.a. Rollo Haynes. Rollo Haynes. Uh, and he was, he like, was with, perfect for this He was like, role. with a name like that, of course I was going to end up in a, yeah. in a situation like this. So it basically is just like an old, like Ripley's Believe It or Not style museum. Mm-hmm. That she ends up going through. What was fascinating about this episode, this was an anthology episode within an anthology series. Because we have like three distinct storylines. We were told three distinct stories as she goes through the museum. It felt very much like an old Tales from the Crypt episode. Exactly. Yeah. It was like that anthology style within but what, one but episode. But what's in the museum? So in the museum. from all these other Black Mirror episodes. Yeah. There's a ton of stuff from other Black Mirror episodes. You but see the child killer thing behind them when they first walk in. Mm-hmm. The broken uh, the, the iPad. Scalene, the iPad from, from this season. From Archangel. <laughs> the tub from Crocodile. Oh, that was in there. The, the little bees from Hate in the Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy from, from White Bear episode. Yeah. Uh, the dude who hung himself from the first um, the first episode, the artist. Really? Yeah, there's a... There's a I missed that. He's in there. So you, Tim had actually sent, and I will put it yeah. in the link below. Uh, I'm going to write that, that down of the YouTube video yeah. that goes through. Oh. It is a 14 minute video, yeah. all the Easter eggs. 
And there's that when you know, when they walk through, it's the whole house from playtest episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot. There's a, a lot. A lot. So as episode. she goes through this episode, I, I noticed as I was watching it. So I didn't even really need the video. Was great to see, but like mm-hmm. as I was watching, I was like, yeah, there were a couple that things stuff. that I noticed when it, when I watched the video. Then I really saw how in depth they went. So she is told these stories by Rollo Haynes. The first the story. First story is about a doctor who, again, they implant a chip. Um, <laughs> In it, well, first of all, he's a terrible doctor. He's not good at ugh, his job. No, Mm-mm. he's terrible, and 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 they decide to help him by implanting a giant thing in the base of his skull. He can't get out. Uh, nope. That allows him to feel what other people feel. Mm-hmm. So help him diagnose. Which, people. as a doctor, like genius idea. Yeah. And then it goes left, of course. Well, it went left because he was like trying to like figure it out, and because guy a, a senator came in who was poisoned. Mm-hmm. The guy dies, mm-hmm. so he feels it, and then comes. Then he comes back. He's he, he yeah, out he like five minutes, blacked out for yeah. five minutes. So he experienced death and came back. Yeah, never the same after that. No. Just like any horror so then, film, sci-fi yeah. film. So then pain Mm-mm. more than more show than pain. The the then the, the pain became a pleasure for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's he know, has to feed that. Got to feed that, it that hunger. He's riding that wave, and he Oof. goes. Really, forward. I would say another another way, another place that the mirror broke was after he assaults this girl that he is with, his partner, girlfriend, whatever she is, and she leaves, and it shows him, you know, all depressed and everything, mm-hmm. and then he starts self inflicting harm, yeah, starts cutting his fingers, <sighs> and like, like that was where, yeah, it just got weird. So that was just part one of this episode, and it goes on and on, and you know, more stuff happens with him. So then part two is when... Uh, it's about a couple. Oh, they right. meet at a party. They have a one-night stand. She gets pregnant. They have a child. They're trying to raise him. Mm-hmm. One day, she's taking a picture at the park. She gets blasted by this van. So then now she's sort of like un- in a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Her consciousness is still there. So he visits her all the time. He's raising their son, mm-hmm. Parker. Something like that. Yeah. And um, and then she gets... Imp- it's essentially- all the Hodge plays it, right? What was that? Aldous Hodge, he's the guy who plays the, yes. the boyfriend. Yeah. So, uh, this technology comes in. So, then here, <laughs> mm-hmm. here comes the doctor to be Rolo like, hey, Rolo Haynes yeah. shows up. Like, hey, we can put her consciousness in your brain. It'd be like she's there with you. Mm-hmm. So, they do this. When you hug your son, yeah, she can, she feel, can it, feel it. She can everything. So, they do this mm-hmm. consciousness swap. Um, and so, she's in his brain. So, she's hugging mm-hmm. the son. And that's fine for a while. Of and course. Then, yeah. <laughs> he, he gives... <laughs> To me, this, this was the mirror break part for me was mm-hmm. when he gives the, they try to come out with some sort of like, how do we, she's always backseat driving. Right. How do we pause it? We, so it gives him, she gives him, you know, like, no, before the pause and the mute, they didn't, didn't always have that. So mm-hmm. it's like, all right, we're going to give you a pause button. You can pause her. Right. And he's checking out this girl in the elevator and she's oh. commenting about it. So he's, you know what? Enough. And he pauses her. But for her, it's like a second. Mm-hmm. So when he unpauses her, she's like, why are there Halloween decorations? Halloween's a couple months ago. He's like, uh, it's actually today. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, let me see my son. So she, you know. So that works and that did work on like this weekend thing where, you know, he's just pauses her during the week so he can have time to himself. But mm-hmm. she gets to be with him on the weekends and then he meets his neighbor who he starts to fall for. Mm-hmm. And things get complicated. Yeah. 
Uh, decided to put her in a little monkey. And so they, they put her inside <laughs> of a teddy bear. Or a monkey. A, a monkey. A, monkey needs hooked. <laughs> oh, man. And she only has two ways to express herself. Two mm-hmm. buttons. Uh, monkey loves you. Monkey needs hug too. And monkey needs a hug. Monkey needs a hug and monkey loves you. She had two buttons. Watching. And again, like, it was so this, sad. this part was great because watching the new girlfriend. Yeah. Just pick up that monkey and like slam it against the wall. <laughs> you're gonna like, you're gonna like, and of course the kid wears tired of the monkey. Yeah. Just like Toy Story taught us, Just you know, a long time ago. the monkey aside. Um, so that was part two and then part three. Oh, actually, she's still alive in the monkey, too. She's still there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't... In, in the museum. That was the crime. Because, like, all these things oh, had... Oh, yeah, because she was a, all, a, all these a, things a conscious crime. being. Right. Yeah. So you couldn't do a conscious being that didn't have two forms of expression. Something and, like and that. And you couldn't kill it. So yeah. she's still alive in the monkey. So then the third crime in this museum is a murderer. The weather, the weather girl killer. The weather girl killer. through news clippings in the first two mm-hmm. stories. Yep. We see the doctor watching the news. And we see um, the dad the, watching. Pick up the a paper like on the, the news. They're watching, yeah, and because mm-hmm. she gets upset, they're like, "He doesn't need to be watching." Oh, right, the right. Son. So yeah. we've seen this this weather girl killer story pop up mm-hmm. in these other two stories. So then finally, we meet the weather girl killer, and so he is a a digital representation. Yeah, that is again digital, his consciousness. Consciousness, yeah. And he is imprisoned. People took turns electrocuting yeah, you him. Come in and you get to electrocute the, the weather girl killer. So. It was just, it was brutal. Didn't we realize what uh, what the girl's really doing there? Mm-hmm. Which I kind of started feeling maybe in that second. Uh, oh, yeah. he kept sweating. I was like, oh, this ain't. Yeah. So. It's not good. This one, again, the resolution for this one was Be- awesome. Beautiful. I, I loved the ending beautiful to this. Ending. Beautiful. And I, cl- I clapped. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Black Mirror. Yeah. Way to tell a fun, interesting story with all of these Easter eggs and all of these. And, yeah. And multiple storylines story that connected. all make sense in an hour and 15 minutes. And they're all connected long. at the end. Like, she uses all the stuff that they talked about. Yeah. Like, that it was just the consciousness. It was fascinating. All of that. And to, to, like, come up with a really cool resolution. Mm-hmm. And even the end when she gets in the car is fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. Ending. Awesome. I, you know, I was like, man, I hope we get more episodes like that. I remember thinking yeah. that. Like, it'd be cool if they just did multiple black museums. Like... Back I mean, again, too, with how connected everything else. is. Yeah, you're just watching a bunch of other stuff. Could. People telling these small stories. Mm-hmm. But the doctor one was crazy. Ugh, that, that one was rough. When they one, caught him at the end, I was like, Jesus. Yeah, that, that, one, was, that one was pretty brutal. Uh, cool. So, Black Mirror, yes. season four. Season four. Good, bad, or ugly. Before we go into our favorite episodes, which you already kind of were yeah. talking about while we were talking about it. Yeah. Uh, good, bad, or ugly. Good. Yep. Good, 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 good. Yep. Good across Same the with board, me. man. They really find a way to tackle real issues, mm-hmm. whether it be dating or helicopter oh, parenting, helicopter or, parenting <laughs> or, you know, yeah. whatever. Online gaming. Like, mm-hmm. these are real things that they that they deal with and they handle it well. Yeah. Uh, my rating is good also. I enjoyed all of the episodes. Some I, I liked more than others. Archangel, when it ended, I was like, yeah, okay. like it, it, that was, I think Archangel was the weakest one of this season. Mm-hmm. Still uh, really good. Still really good. So out of the six, how would you do like the top two? My top two are Hang the DJ and Black Museum. Okay. Although I really did love USS Callister a lot and I loved, mm-hmm. um, um, what else do USS Callister was that I really loved? Um, 
Metal, I like Metalhead a lot too. See, with me, Metalhead was dark. As much as I, as much as I really liked Hang the DJ because it was nice, it was no, sweet. Yeah, I loved, here's, like, here's, here's John's anti-love uh, <laughs> rant for the week. <laughs> Not Tell even. Us. Uh, but my two favorites are Metalhead and Black Museum. Oh, the Met- dark ones. Me- whatever. Um, but no, Black, Black Museum was dark, but then it had a happy ending. Okay. So, but Metalhead, it was just, it was really well shot. I mean, it was just, it was really cool. I liked the concept. You like the costuming? Uh, I like the cinematography. <laughs> um, I just wish that she was a little bit smarter and uh, make, like, people, make sure you keep shooting, stabbing, crushing. You know, sometimes you just got to flee. Fight yeah. or flight. And she was like, I'm f- flying right now. I fought for a second. Now, now it's time to fly. Yeah. But yeah, Hang the DJ was, I mean, that was a beautiful episode. And maybe they will keep doing this where... Give us one, one, <laughs> one like, oh, the world is not completely yeah. bleak and dismal. Yeah, it, it's not like like Ted Kaczynski talked about where technology is ripping us apart and stopping right. us from like, this isn't some Unabomber manifesto. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, sometimes technology can bring people together. The show's not, that episode's not even dark really at all. It's just sort of like, yeah, you know, it is metaphors for, an, for yeah. like how we date and mm-hmm. what we do. An exploration of how we communicate yeah what type what it, it, how what does trust mean right and that rift between the two of them when they decide not to look and he decides he's going to it's mm-hmm. like a trusting in a relationship yeah that for her was a big thing and he tried to yada yada and be like yeah yeah that's fine but let's let's do our own thing she's like yeah, no but Mm-mm. now now i can't trust you because we decided on something and you decided to do something differently yep there's no real trust here absolutely yeah cool uh yeah so absolutely good from both of us for black mirror yeah. uh to wrap up the show so it is January. It is January. AKA the graveyard it for movies. The Undertaker's home. <laughs> it is. This is a rough time for movies, mainly because well, people he, make a big push at the end of the year for Christmas and everything. To be fair, we've had some January gems in the last couple of years. Like The Grey came out in January. We've had a couple. Okay. Yeah. Every year there's like one or two where the studio's not sure what to do with it and they yeah. drop it off and it somehow performs well. Yeah. But generally. I don't, Jan- I don't know what one that is. Yeah. Like generally, January is just. A, a rough time because it is before the spring. It is after the holiday push. A lot of what you will see, actually. So the Oscars, the voting ends end of January. Mm-hmm. I forget what it is. So you might see some movies come back to the theater. You will see movies. Come back you know that is a problem that most of movies are not coming out when you're bringing stuff from six months ago back in no, the theater. No, they do it every year. They do it. it they it's, do. It's a way to sort of like, you know. Yeah, so Dunkirk is definitely coming definitely. back into the theater. Get Out will probably be back in the theater. Get Out. Uh, Lady Bird Lady actually Bird be came back. back here in Seattle yeah. for a little so bit. So you see a lot of movies that are, that are the studios trying to make a bigger push will try to come back. Maybe Disaster Artist makes a run again. Uh, it definitely will. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're just going to go through a couple of January movies uh, and just kind of see what we think about them. So the first one uh, actually is coming out as this airs today. They're doing today. a nationwide. I'm super excited about this. The Room. They're showing the original movie, The Room, Tommy Wiseau. One night only? Greg Sestero. Yeah, I think it is one of the, like, the Fathom type events. Yeah. This is a nationwide release that he has never had. Right. So the fact that Tommy Wiseau made this movie so long ago, and now he is finally getting the recognition, quote unquote, for being like just the, the Citizen Kane of bad films. Right. The Disaster Artist is crushing it. Mm-hmm. James Franco is... Is is getting up there like he might be on the shortlist for best actor. He should be. So the He's room right. is getting re-released in theaters nationwide, January tenth. Definitely excited for that one. Uh, the only press screening we have next week is for <laughs> taking on a train. For pretty much, yeah. 
uh, the commuter commuter with liam neeson it looks ridiculous it but, looks but so it looks dumb. like my kind of dumb though exactly as soon as i got the screening or the the invite for that i was like of course i'm going to see this yeah you know it looks like a a weird like thriller at first but the, the new trailer shows someone <laughs> i think it's liam neeson jumping from a train onto a car of course and i was like this is gonna be so bad, <laughs> mm, <laughs> I, so bad. I cannot wait uh the commuter uh, with liam neeson i'm all on board it's gonna have some contrived like twists in it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, um, but I'm, I'm up for it. It's going to be dumb. Did you hear me when I said I'm all on board? Yeah. Nope. I, yeah. I, yeah. Train. Okay. I did hear you, but okay. I, pretended that I didn't hear you. <laughs> I just hope it does not go off the rails. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, the next one. Yes. Proud Mary. I'm concerned. I am really worried about Proud Mary. I want it to be good. Uh, the mm. promos do not sell me on that. <sighs> These trailers. I love Taraji P. Henson. Of course. These trailers, though, make it look dumb. It looks dumb. That tra- that trailer where it says "slay" in purple across the screen, she comes sliding down the hallway through it. I was like, "This is not." This yeah, is not, like sell me on just like pitch it like you pitch Atomic Blonde and you sure. pitch Red Sparrow. Just she's a badass woman, hitman. That's mm-hmm. it. Don't give me all that. I don't need that. Don't do that. That tells me you don't have faith in the project. This movie, so it opens. I was like around the sixteenth or something. I give it three weeks in the theater. Was it was it open? Uh, let me pull. I think it is like mid, uh, mid January, January twenty second, right? Proud Mary, Taraji B Henson, Neil McDonough, uh, January twelfth, twelfth. Yeah, this will be out of the theaters by the end of the month. Yeah, yeah, which sucks because like it would be great to have a black superhero woman just kicking butt. That is not you know Black Panther. That is not a superhero film, but just an assassin. Like you're talking about the Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Charlie Red Star- Sparrow coming up with with Scarlett Johansson. That looks dumb. But I'm saying, but like uh, just, but yeah, just have like, an action yeah, movie. It, it just, I want it to be good. I hope that it's fun. I hope that it it gives me everything I want. But man, these promos have been like this. Is, yeah. Every time I see it, I cringe like, ah, you guys. <laughs> and you know, and oddly, mm, you know, it is also a red flag when like a month ago, mm-hmm. we got an email from the PR uh, firm that we go through and they're like, we're not screening this. And this is a month before it came out and they're like, Huh. Oh, so we're not screening? I didn't know if we're not screening. I, don't, I think we had an email saying... Really? I didn't see that. Yeah. You sure? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Because if we're not screening it, that is, <laughs> that is a death nail for the film. That is, that is a red flag. Yeah. that is. We've never not screened something and it's been good. Let's say that. Wonder Woman was the only one where it was close. Like That was 24 hours before it... I was gone. I didn't even see that. ...premiered. And like that, we all got really nervous. And then it just it blew away our expectations. Yeah, I wasn't near. I was out of town for that, so I missed it. But no, I'm not talking about like I'm talking about like not screening, not even like Thursday night screenings like we did with Hercules and other movies. I'm talking about like we're just not showing it, <laughs> right? Um, like all eyes on me. Ugh. Right? Yeah, yeah. That that one was that was rough. That was real rough. That was a rough one. That um, was a rough. I love to go through. So maybe maybe we are. Yeah, because I, I haven't seen that email because that would have been the red flag for me to be like, oh no. <laughs> Oh no, Taraji! You gotta, you gotta, you gotta turn on your hands if, yeah. they're, if they're not screening it. Yeah, the promos have just have le- le- left just a lot weird. to be desired. Yeah, all we know about the movie is about a woman who's a hit woman who then finds a kid and changes course. So man on fire, kind of like. I mean, again, it just it, yeah. We will see. I mean, I really hope it's good. I look, come on. Yeah, who else is in it though, other than her? Uh, Danny Glover? Am I, am I? Yep, Danny Glover's in it. Danny Glover. Uh, Neil McDonough, who is great. Neil McDonough. So, 
uh, he was Damien Dark yeah. in all the CW like shows. Like, yeah. Down is good. I really He's like good him. Uh, Xander Berkeley, Billy Brown, Margaret Avery. Oh, this is dude. Um, These aren't bad people. This is just uh, not. This is, this yeah. is gonna be. <laughs> real rough. Rough. Uh, um, come on, Taraji. Yeah, yeah. That that when they said slay and she came sliding down the hallway, I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> what All are right. we doing? Yeah, I, I, Man, will, uh, I hope it's good, though. I really... Not, it's probably not going to be good. I hope it's entertaining. Oh, wait. Here we go. Let me, did I find something? Hmm. <laughs> this is great podcasting. Yeah. This is great for the people's ears. Yeah. We can edit. You can edit all this out, right? I, c- I could. Keep it in. Oh, yep. Here we go. Um. So, it will not be handled by this by the company that we always go through. Which begs the question, there's only one firm in Seattle that does all of the screenings. Who is handling that one? What, wait, what? Like, so it's, what? You're kidding me. Nope. <laughs> How did I miss this? So, oh, opening Seattle on trial will not be. Oh, so we're not doing it. That's it. We're not screening it. Yep. Nope. Jesus. Well, <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> if you had any hopes for Proud Mary, out the window, yo. Because, again, we're not like the New York and L.A., Markets where there are multiple PR companies that handle screenings. One. We have one in Seattle. Who, who, who's distributing? Probably is it Warner Brothers? Mm. Warner Brothers has had a. I think so because they've had a. Is it Lionsgate? Uh, where would I? Is it Lionsgate? Is it Warner Brothers? Um, English. Blah blah. I cannot find it. Yeah, Studio Canal. Somebody. Right, but yeah, yeah, that is. Wow, that is not good. That was wow. All right. Uh, So moving on from that. Jeez. um, Twelve strong. Nope. Zero interest. Out on it. Like a hundred percent. Out on it. Out on the the classified true story uh, of soldiers on horses that went to kill the Taliban. Nope. I'll pass. I like the cast. It looks fun. Rob Briggles in it. Chris Hemsworth. And Rob Briggles. Roads. That like people. People who do not know about Rob Briggles like. He's, yeah, he's a he, he was a Marine. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, and who knows if I will lose listeners because of this. No, you won't. But I have zero interest in the hero worship of a lot of these stories. Yeah. It just, I, I just do not care. Uh, I felt the same way about the new Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, yeah. Um, a bunch of bad brown people and Americans save the day. Yeah, nope. No. Or I'm like fine. the, or like the three boston marathon yeah. movies we had last year yeah. i just no i i we don't need to see that uh okay so 12 strong 100 percent pass I'm, I'm out on 12 strong uh the other screening that we have mid-month oh i'm in on this <laughs> den of thieves oh i am in on this aren't, aren't they robbing a federal reserve yes have you ever been to federal reserve uh no there's what? one here there's one it's, it's it's a little further south out by south center around tequila of course not why would i bruh Go on a tour. You, I need you to go on a tour before you see this movie to see how ridiculous this movie is. Mm-hmm. We toured it with some students one time. My God. Good luck. There's Yeah. You, you, <laughs> it's it's so nondescript of a building. Of course. That you wouldn't know that it has all of the money It is in a it. giant concrete building. It's not even concrete. It's just you, you've... Here's the thing. You've probably drove past it. You probably, probably have yeah. seen it. You probably... And you don't know it's got all the money in the world in there. Mm-hmm. 
and it's we couldn't even take our phones inside it's impossible like i don't know yeah. how someone would <laughs> rob a federal reserve so so like, I will, it seems like a suicide mission i will read the synopsis for those people who are listening yeah. who really want to hear about den of thieves <clears throat> a gritty crime saga which follows the lives of an elite unit of la county sheriff's department and the state's most successful bank robbery crew as outlaws plan a seemingly impossible heist on the Federal Reserve Bank. Impossible is the word. It's impossible. Um, like, I left there thinking like, no way. You can't, there's no way. No, like, you yeah. can't rob this place <laughs> on your best day. Um, You'd have ooh. to have all kind of inside people. So the director. What else did he direct? <laughs> Christian Gudegast. Good, good, that's good enough. Sure. Good enough for me. Uh, so this is his actually, this is the first thing he has directed. Okay. Red flag. Uh, he was a writer, though. Yes. On the TV movie Soldier of Fortune. Not bad. He wrote A Man Apart. I... London Has Fallen. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So uh, the movie, this movie, Den of Thieves stars Gerard Butler. Yeah. Hot off of Geostorm. <laughs> Gerard Butler. Listen, I'm all for a whole Gerard Butler bad action movie genre. Of, of I'm course. In. I'm in on it. Uh, Pablo Schreiber. Okay. Uh, it says O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah. Okay. Ice Cube. <laughs> uh, Fifty Cent. Um, and a whole bunch of what random how people. How much? Okay, we haven't seen this move yet. But how yeah. much do you want to bet Fifty Cent's the unhinged guy in the group who? Does, oh, for sure. Who does the wrong thing? Yeah. The, the, yeah. It's Fifty. Fifty's playing that guy. Um, this should be a fun bad action movie. Oh I no! Like. <laughs> This is one that, like, I'm excited to see. Absolutely ridiculous. Because we get to see it for free. (laughs) It's going to be so ridiculous. Lots of dumb shootouts. Lots of dumb people doing dumb things for, what, 90 minutes? Oh, yeah. This is going to be. Let me see how long this is. It can't be over two hours. It does not even give the runtime. So I am going to. 100 minutes at most 100 minutes of 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 <laughs> dumb action dumb, it's like a like a poor man's heat i'm fine i'm fine with that i'm yeah. fine with that uh and this is again this we see it on the 16th it okay. drops on the 19th <laughs> so well that's because there's a holiday let's be fair yeah, oh of course there's a holiday on monday so let's be fair but yeah i'm all in on it being dumb i'm for it <laughs> yeah all right so that is den action. of thieves and the last one is one that i actually i know that you are excited for also excited maze runner i'm not excited i'm <laughs> happy to see this i didn't think he was gonna finish it i thought he that was the thing is i thought that they making some movies. yeah like he so the for people who do not know when they were filming this like a year and a half ago don o'brien don o'brien suffered a major major accident yeah like shattered his pelvis or yeah, something like, like he was the, he got rough it was like a one of the car scenes where he jumped from another car to another and like got yeah, so, so I, all because he stole something from an Indian, like no jokes aside, like took something from an Indian burial ground in real life. They told him not to. That this is not. This is really this what not part of the movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> really what happened to him. Yeah, and he got messed up. Uh, he was like Darth Vader hooked up to machines for a minute, but mm-hmm. now he's uh, now he's back. Yeah, so this this is the third and the finale. The end is it. The last story uh, of the, of the Maze Runner franchise. Yeah, I have yet to see any of them. What? Yeah. So you got to watch them before you watch I, I missed Scorpion Trials. Scorch Trials. Scorch Trials. Whatever. Scorpion Trials would be better. It's a totally different movie. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Scorpion. Uh, that was a... Uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah. So I've not seen either of the other two. Watch them. They're not bad. Yeah. They're I mean, fun little YA goofy stories. Okay. They're so, fun. So yeah. Maze Runner comes out later this month. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm more interested to see. I mean, because Dylan O'Brien would heated American Assassin last year. Like he looked good. He's doing action. It was like he's not bad. Okay, like yeah. So I'm excited. I'd watch another American Assassin movie. Oh, I absolutely would. That is something that could easily become a series. Yeah, I don't know if made enough money to do so, but no. (laughs) And I had your boy uh, Taylor Kitchen. Taylor Taylor, listen, man, I'm always Team Taylor Kitchen. (laughs) Guy, good man. He just he had like six bombs, like bombs, real bad. Starting with uh, John Carter of Mars, I think. John, oh yeah, it was John Carter, Logan, Logan. You know, he was in that Wolverine or Wolverine playing Gambit. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in some other sappy rom. I was like, "Dog, you got your agent is killing you." And he yeah. was coming. He was hot off the presses. Mm-hmm. Come on, Friday Night Lights, man. He was a, oh yeah, a star, and it just couldn't. Actually, I think the first man. thing after Friday Night Lights was Wolverine Origin. Yeah, I was like, "Hey, tell the kids that's all right." And then I saw the movie. I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> come on, Riggins." Um, but I like him. I hopefully he gets another, keeps getting another shot at it. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. All right, so those yeah. are. Just some quick hits of January releases. Is there anything looking you're looking forward to in 2018 that's not Black Panther? <laughs> uh, Ser- serious question. Like, what? What is there a movie or two that you're Infinity like, War? Not nah, any of that stuff. Not the stuff that um, we know we're looking for. Like none of the Incredibles, right. Infinity Wars, none of that stuff. I mean, what I'm looking forward to are the surprises. Because so, not, I'm talking about specific. Is there a specific film specifically? Out? Honestly, not one that is not one of the ones that we just really? mentioned. Like, I can't really think no, of a small. big release in 2018. Not a big release, just any kind of release is coming out. See, I... Well, there's, I, that, there's that scary movie that I'm interested in with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt when they're at that house. Ooh, actually, uh, Helen Mirren. Yes, that is, creepy, scary movie. Like, that doing. one actually looks interesting. There you go. Okay. Because that one, she what I love... Like the, uh, the, the, that gun company, and she, like, owns... It's based on a true story. Yeah, probably. something like that. What I like about that is that Helen Mirren, she can do whatever she wants. She was at the point in her career where she is not even quote unquote taking risks anymore. Right. She can just do whatever she wants. The fact that she's doing kind of a weird kind of horror ish movie mm-hmm. is awesome. So yeah. many actors as they get older, never challenge themselves. I might lose listeners for this. Also Meryl Streep. When was the last time she actually challenged herself? She is fantastic. I will never take that away from her. When was the last time you saw something like, ooh, this is going to be a real stretch for her? But I don't know if that's fair. Why not? Because it reminds me of like we watch LeBron James. He's excellent all the time. And we just take it for granted that it's not a challenge for him because he excels at everything. That doesn't mean it's not a challenge. It just means that he's good at it. And yeah, Meryl Streep Meryl was great. I just uh, Patrick Stewart is another example where like he did a video recently for some random, I forget what it was, but like he was singing country songs. Like he's just having fun at this point in his career. And doing kind of whatever he wants to do. Helen Mirren doing this type of movie is something unique, something different. Right. I would but, like but, but to also, see. But I also think like that, that actresses have different challenges than, than their male of counterparts. Course. Your, job, so, your, she, your job as an actor is to get the next job. Right. But I think she's not necessarily at that level. But if she's someone who loves her craft, I think there's different challenges that she has as an actress that a lot of actors won't have. Um, yeah. As far as, right? So at a certain point, she age, she's aged out of things, right? So she's not going to be a romantic lead. Like you could, you could put Patrick Stewart in the movie right now, where he's some old guy who falls in love with a younger woman, and no one would think it's weird. Nope. You can't do that with Meryl Streep. Yeah, like, Meryl Streep falls in love without it being a bizarre. Like, oh, she falls in love with with Taylor Kitsch, without it being an <laughs> right. odd story, right? Mm-hmm. You can do that comical take with Patrick Stewart. You you can put Patrick Stewart 
I mean, you could put, um, what's his name? Who did that stupid movie where he got a new job? Uh, Robert De Niro, where he gets the job, oh. he's working with, right? So ma- older male actors get those kind of roles. Older actresses do not necessarily get those. That was with Anne Hathaway. Yeah, Anne Hathaway, right? But see, the you intern see or something. Right. But see, these type of roles are available for actors. But for a lot of actors, when they age, when you're no longer the mom necessarily. Mm-hmm. So either you got a mom part or you're some evil conniving boss or right. you're some widowed divorcee. Like, it's they narrow them down. So, you know, either you're playing something in the past or, you know, it's hard for them to play modern people and doing these cool modern takes at an older age. Yeah. So but, that, to me, that's the challenge that, that I think older actresses have when they're trying to get these roles. Yeah, and, no, and that is totally valid. I just kind of, you know, I maybe that just falls more on the writing, the people writing these films being like, okay, what is something different that we can do with actresses past their you know golden years of playing those i'm leads, sure the, 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 the writing's out there it's just hard to a, a studio to they feel like they can't sell these stories I'm not saying yeah. they can or can't this, the option of like how am i selling this well who am i getting well what's the price tag for the story yeah so i'm gonna have an older actress i need to it's helen Mirren. it's mel streep you know it's whatever um but that's where you see someone like margot robbie or jessica chastain she had a great get, year <laughs> get get these roles more so than interesting like playing tanya harding is an interesting role mm-hmm. playing molly bloom's interesting role but these are real people yeah um that allows them to sort of flex a little bit but they, Meryl she's not going to get that she's not going to get an interesting character okay fair and enough Mirren's playing enough. a real person yeah that is true this isn't like a you know this is a real person who existed so <laughs> and same with Meryl street but she was great in the pulpit she's playing a real person right yeah and that yeah she is phenomenal she's playing k graham and she's you know but she mm-hmm. gave she gave warmth to that character and gave mm-hmm. a depth to that character. And she it was challenging the sense of it. That was the first time in a long time where I saw Meryl Streep as timid because she played that character so incredibly well. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting to see her in this room with all these dudes, and she is struggling to find the words and she is stumbling like. She, yeah. I mean, again, she is amazing. Right. But, same with Tom Hanks. Like it's a, you know he steps on the court. It's a triple double every time he's out there yeah. playing well. But you know, he's not gonna you know. I'm just, I'm just waiting he for trying Meryl. to play like that cool guy who goes back to college and that movie bombed. What was that one? That one, uh, what? what was it? It was him and Gugu, Gugu was in it. My boob, Gugu was in that joint. Uh, yeah, he went back, he like lost a job, went back to school and tried to like. I have zero yeah, memory it of that. Did not perform, wow. It did not perform well. Uh, but you see what I'm saying? So there's, yeah. there's a certain lens that I think people are interested in seeing these characters in that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. All right. So that about wraps that up for this episode. Wait, wait. That's the only movie? Did you understand? Uh, again, I just, I'm not very good. Like, Matt Oaks is great. Like, he'll put out his top 50 of the next year, like, in December. Right. I never really did that. You never think about what's coming out? I will look, you know, a few months ahead. But, again, like, I'm more excited about the experiences of the films that I'm going to see. Like, I'm covering Vancouver Short Film Fest mm-hmm. later this month. Those types of movies where... They're almost one and done. Where like the stuff that I see then might get picked up, might but I just do not know what they will yeah. be. So I'm excited about the surprises. Okay. So what about you? Like what is? Like I said, that uh, Emily Blunt movie where they're stuck in that that horror house looks fun. They're redoing Halloween later this year. For the that fifth time. I'm interested in. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, but I'm interested. It's Bloom House. I'm good with them. Okay. Yep. Doing Halloween. Um, I'm interested in whatever God particle movie that is that they got coming out. Oh uh, yeah. The Cloverfield joint. I don't know what annihilation it's about. is actually annihilation. On, on my really anticipated it's, list. It looks fascinating. It's got mm-hmm. Tessa in it. Love me some Tessa Thompson. Of course you do. And Gina, yeah. I love Gina, you know, 
Gina Rodriguez. You talk about somebody who plays a character believably. Yeah. Gina, Gina Rodriguez plays that off-hinge right. person because you're like, it's all right. Um, that is who you are. Uh, yeah. So the, those and um, this is a, you know, Mission Impossible. I'm really I like Tom Cruise. I like those Tom yeah. Cruise movies. So there's a lot of stuff to be interested in. And then also there's the big ones. Yeah. I'm kind of of course. You know, it's funny. I'm not really interested in Jurassic Park. That but tra- I, what do you think? I wasn't was interested. Yeah, it's a bad trailer. <laughs> I wasn't interested in Jurassic World either, but mm-hmm. it ended up being fun. So I'm hoping more of the same. Yeah. I was like Jurassic Park again. Then I, I like we have to save them from early. extinction. I like so, I left work for lunch. Like my my my, my buddy David I was like, "Yo, we're gonna go to Cinerama. I got his tickets. We're going Friday lunch. <laughs> we're going." So we just went, took a long lunch, and I, I went. Maybe it was Cinerama, like. Cinerama can it has it. that I effect. Like, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like, this mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. So I'm hoping for some of that. Aquaman is mm-hmm. gonna do I, or I, not do. I'm excited year. for it, but until I see a trailer, I just have no faith in DC. <laughs> I have uh, I have faith in James Wan. Yes, I have no faith in DC. Uh, I have faith in him. So same way I had faith in Patty Jenkins. I have faith in James Wan. But uh, okay. and also you know there's uh, last year was a good year for horror. I think it'll be some fun horror this year. Yeah. There's going to be some really interesting sci-fi. I mm-hmm. think because of the success of movies like Get Out, you're going to be you're going to see a lot of smaller films, independent films getting pushed and people being okay with films being a little bit more creative. Mm-hmm. So we'll see a lot more of that this year. And there also there's also going to be the blockbusters that sort of I think what last year was like a lot of blockbusters like were flat and it did not take, leave the ground very much. Transformers, The Mummy, uh, these movies, <laughs> movies that got picked mm-hmm. up they weren't they weren't very good so i mm-hmm. think we're gonna see i think this round this year i think they're gonna be a lot better okay lot better blockbuster and i'm kind of interested to see what they do with their with deadpool 2 yeah that is i'm definitely i'm all in on black panther and civil war mm-hmm. but i'm interested to see i think the most can interesting, capture the magic again can they redo it they're bringing in cable they're bringing in domino mm-hmm. a girl zazie beats from zazie Atlanta. Beats. she's yeah. in it um so I'm fascinated. Okay. Also, one thing I loved about Black Mirror, mm-hmm. all female-led stories, all six of them. Yeah. All six of them. Yeah. And not in a way that like, we're women and this is... Like, it was just, no, just stories. Yep. And also, it's such a diverse cast every time. Well, I mean, BBC. Every I time. Mean, <laughs> yeah. Every time. And it's just like the, they had the Muslim girl and, mm-hmm. and the crocodile episode. And yeah. She says the prayer and like, none of it's like a moment. It's just like, these are people living their lives and yep. I think... British television has found a way to really capture it. And shout out to, to Aaron who put me on to um, Dirk Gently. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective I Agency. Started, I yeah. crushed the first, first season and finished the second season. Nice. It's a bizarre show. It's not, listen, Dirk Gently no, is, is not weird. for everybody. No. It's super weird. But mm-hmm. if you like weird sci-fi, watch it. If I mean, Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide. So, I mean, it is along that it's same weird. vein. So. It's weird. Cool. But did you ever watch Future Man? No, I still have not. I, watch I need to. I need to. Uh, cool. All right. So, uh, Tim, where can people find you, you on the social media? Find me on the internet. Uh, peoplescritic.blog.com. People's Critic on Twitter. Uh, CRTIC. I was just recently on uh, the Movie Trailer Reviews podcast talking mm-hmm. about film for 2000. 18. Well, no wonder you had a bunch on the top of your head. No, I just, but I've al- I always do. <laughs> I just, I just, that's just my brain. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was me, uh, Phenom from Ward from 40 Acres, uh, Joy from Black Girl Nerds, and Chris from Sandy Check just sort of went through the, the calendar year of what we were looking forward to. So that was nice. a lot of fun to talk about. 
And we had one of my favorite Man in the 80s episodes coming up, which is we talked about Coming to America. Uh, with a complete awesome. sidebar about what to do with the police stop you. Because one of the guys I met who joined mm. the show that episode, we have a guest most episodes, but he's a public defender and he just... I, hope, mm. I don't know if they're going to edit it out, but I was like, yo, y'all should keep, keep that in. Because it was yeah. really like, yo, if you can stop for a DUI, like, yo, here's what you do. And here's and here's how we talk about And we talked about Eddie Murphy, like Eddie Murphy movies all, he tells these very black stories, right? But mm-hmm. they all come from a place of like excellence, whether yeah. it be Come to America, whether it be Boomerang or Beverly Hills <laughs> Cop. Mm-hmm. It was never from a place of like this struggling black person, even something like um, all of us come, you know, Nutty Professor. Yeah, it's all these people are always. No one's really down in in that way. Hmm. You know what I mean? Interesting. Uh, they have their personal struggles, but no one's ever down from that. And I, I, it clicked for me when we were talking about. It. I was like, he's always just like these black characters start from this this place of greatness, and that's what we're telling. This is the launching pad for the story we're telling. And so I love okay. that about Eddie. I'm glad, and then I'm glad, I'm glad he's doing it, and I hope he keeps continue to create. He probably won't, but. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. Come to America is a lot of fun. Nice. It's a lot of weird stuff that happens in that movie. For when, sure. When you watch it as an adult, you're like, <laughs> this was rough. Um, okay. Yeah. So Made in the 80s podcast. Made in the 80s. Made in the Fantastic. 80s. Talking about some more 80s stuff this year. Cool. Uh, and all of Tim's links for stuff will be in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, click all my links. Below. Sounds dirty. Uh, <laughs> click all my links. As for, as for this podcast, <laughs> you can find it on all forms of social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platform of choice. Go to aboutreview.com for full show notes, youtube.com slash aboutreview, and aboutreview.threadless.com. Uh, that about is it. So for this episode, I have been joined by Tim. The People's Critic. And I have been your host, that guy named John. We will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. To get ourselves a treat.